everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I am bringing you one of a double feature that I'm going to be doing for February and March. I did say I was going to be covering Problem Child and Problem Child 2. If you're a kid of the 90s, you most likely grew up with these movies. <laughs> All right, so yes, today I'm covering the first movie. We don't talk about Problem Child 3, that horrible television movie. I saw it when it aired. It was horrible. It was gross. It was, yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, yes, Problem Child, which is only an hour and 20 minutes, not even an hour and a half movie, which movies tend to be usually 90 minutes long. Anyway, this movie came out in 1990. Oh my god. This movie only has a 5.5 out of 10? What? That's horrible. Okay, so let's start off when with the synopsis, courtesy of IMDb. A young boy is just short of a monster. Okay, that's a little harsh. He is adopted by a loving <laughs> He is adopted by a loving man and his wacky wife. The laughs keep coming as the boy pushes them to the limits. <laughs> there's a there's a long okay here we go. This is a, a maybe a better story. The story of a seven year old mischievous orphan boy named. Can you really call him an orphan? Usually I thought this because the air, the parents are deceased. That whatever. Anyway, I don't know what qualifies as an orphan. Usually it means both parents are gone. He is hardly a model child, mean-spirited and incorrigible. One day is he, ad he is adopted by a loving man along with his obnoxious wife named Ben Healy and Flo he Flo, oh my gosh, I'm getting the progressive commercials in my head. Ever since Junior comes into their lives, he turns ordinary days into full-scale comic nightmares. He also leaves a path of serious destruction in his wake. And is even pen pals with Martin Beck, a.k.a. the Bowtie Killer, a notorious serial killer who kidnaps his faithful correspondent along with the... Okay, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself there. Now it's up to Ben, okay, as he undertakes it. You know, I'm going to stop because that pretty much already cut through the majority of the... Later on. Okay. Yeah, 5.5 .5 out of 10 based on 30,241 ratings. Oh, this movie was, was a sequel also directed by Dennis Dugan? Oh, Brian Levyant. Levant, who also directed... Oh, Brian Levant directed oh, The Flintstones, Junior All the Way. I thought he directed one of the Beethoven films. Beethoven! You know, um, I want to go on record and say, because it is the 30th episode of... 30th anniversary of the movie Beethoven. It came out in 1992. Even though, yes, I did cover that and the sequel for the podcast, those ones are more for, you know, 18 and older. They're more for adult, you know, ears. And I wanted to at least do, redo the first one so that everybody of all ages can hear it. So make it more, um, still gonna have my humor just downgraded a bit. It'll be, like I said, I'm going to be covering that sometime this year. I just, I really want to do that again because I did get a couple of requests. Like, I'd really like to listen to the review. Unfortunately, 
it's rated E for expletive, so, okay. So, I mean, for that, for Beethoven, I can do that, and for the sequel. But if you don't mind the expletives and you haven't listened to the reviews, both Beethoven and Be Beethoven's second is actually cut into, split into two parts. That's because I was also reading from the novelization Beethoven's second. So, all right, getting back to Problem Child. Let's look at the cast. We got Michael Oliver, who, I, other than these two movies, oh, he was in an episode of Drexel's Class. I've never watched that. Platypus Man, Eraser, it says Russian Teen. Wait a minute, wait, whoa, he was in a, the Forrest Gump movie? Oh, it says uncredited, red-headed teenager. Well, that's going to be fun trying to pick him out of that movie. Whew. Let's see, uh, The Munsters, he played young Andy. Uh, Amen, he played Max. So, I mean, he's done more than that. Let's see if he's... I maybe the actor had like gotten back into acting years later but maybe he hasn't yeah Michael Oliver playing Junior oh he's actually well almost a year older than I am okay so 96 was the last thing and it says uncredited he was also on something called Dillinger and Capone an episode of Platypus Man and different things like that okay so we got John Ritter, the late John Ritter. He plays Ben Healy. We got Jack Warden as Big Ben. That's Ben's father. We have Gilbert Godfrey, who we all know he voiced Iago in 1992's Aladdin, which also turning 30 this year. This is amazing. He plays Mr. Peabody. He runs the orphanage. We got Amy Yazbat, who plays Flo. Ben's wife, who, oh my goodness, this lady is just, ugh, why, why did Ben marry her, is my question. We got Michael Richards, who we all know as Cosmo Kramer from Seinfeld. He is playing Martin Beck. We got Peter Jurassic playing Roy. This guy, it looks like maybe I've seen him, and I could be 100% mistaken. Um, he was in an episode of One Tree Hill? Really? Interesting. Okay, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> and we got a bunch of other people. Dennis Dugan plays All-American Dad. Dennis Dugan, who, you know, did direct a bit of Adam Sandler movies, Happy Gilmore... Don't Mess With Zohan, I've never seen that. Big Daddy, that was another one I really would like to cover on the podcast because I really love that movie. Uh, Grown Ups, Now Pronounce You, Chuck and Larry. I didn't care for that one. I've never seen Bench Warmers. So, um, yeah, he also was in the movie Parenthood, which I, I was almost going to cover that for this month, but I really want to hold off until May, you know, for Mother's Day and stuff like that. Okay, let's see here. We've ran down the cast list. Let's see who wrote on this movie. We got Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski. Yeah. Psst, psst, psst. All right, we got trivia. We got some, okay, trivia. Cool. 
Throughout the film, Ben reads several self-help books on parenting. Each book features a photo of the author on the back cover. The author photos are John Ritter in various costumes. Okay, I gotta watch that. This was mirrored in Problem Child 2 when LaWanda Dumore's photos of previous husbands are all Ritter in costume. That's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. What is this? An ad campaign for this film included reviews from a number of famous movie villains. Mm. I don't know about that. That's weird. In 1999, John Ritter married Amy Esbeck in real life. The role for Junior was, was originally meant for Macaulay Culkin. Ironically, Culkin would go on to play a devilish child in The Good Son. Well, I'm sorry, but Junior doesn't exactly kill animals in this movie. He he puts one in um, leg casts, but uh, yeah. Let's see. What is the Okay. During a 2014 interview on Gilbert Godfrey's Amazing Colossal podcast, screenwriters Scott Alexander and Larry... Karaszewski revealed that the story was inspired by the 1988 LA Times article on Adopted Boy and Terror Begins. The story is about a married couple suing an adoption agency because they were not informed that their adopted son had severe mental health issues with violent tendencies and had been previously returned to the agency multiple times. While other writers pitched the story as a horror film in the vein of The Bad Seed, 1956 or The Omen 1976, Alexander and Karazuski thought it had potential as a comedy. They envisioned a dark adult satire of the then popular trend of films in which cute kids teach cynical adults how to love. As seen in Baby Boom, which I would love to cover that movie. Parenthood 1989. Look Who's Talking. I've done all three movies. Those on um, are up to listen to on SoundCloud. Kindergarten Cop. Uncle Buck, Uncle Buck and Kindergarten Cop, a couple others I would like to cover on the podcast. Three Men and a Baby. The studio insisted on turning into it into a children's film, which meant numerous reshoots and rewrites. All involved in the difficult production were disappointed. Oh, all involved in the difficult production were disappointed and anticipated that it would bomb. Alexander cried after the cast and crew screening. The film was a surprise hit and Universal's most profitable film of the 90, 1990, really. All right. In later years, they eventually came to work with executive group watching the film on TV airings. Bah, 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 bah. They, looking back, they still feel the film is a mess. Let's see. Let's see. Just sorry, just seeing if there's the only actor who appeared in all three films and the short-lived cartoon series was Gilbert Godfrey. Jack Warren appeared in all three films, but not the cartoon. Yeah, there was a cartoon. What? Oh my goodness, this is crazy. According to Dennis Dugan, the test screenings were disastrous, with 70% of the audience walking out, verbal complaints from viewers, and a score of only 30. The studio forced two weeks of reshoots, including a retooled ending and the addition of key scenes like the girl's birthday party. Contrary to his most known character, Michael Oliver was not a problem child at all. He was a very laid-back child and very intelligent. One of his favorite pastimes was reading 
Omni Magazine. Uh-huh. Wow! <laughs> um, inter they cut this. Okay. There was a scene in here that was going to be a, a bit during the It's My Party montage in which Lucy was sawed in half by the clown. Junior replaced the fake saw with a real one, which ended up cutting off Lucy's dress, revealing her underwear. The scene was cut as it was deemed too risky. Yeah, it, I thought it was going to go even darker than the... Whoa! whoa oh, mm, yeah. Uh, another trivia is Junior and Flo never have any dialogue with one another. That's right, they really don't. There are scenes where Flo talks to Junior after he makes exclamations slash does, does things and one scene where Junior says something to Flo running past her. But the two never have a conversation in the entire film. So Dennis Dugan is the all-American dad who buys his son a canteen. Oh, that's right, because Ben works at, like, a sporting goods store that his dad owns. All right, so want to hear about who was in the running for the role of Little Ben Healy. Chevy Chase, Kurt Russell, Richard Dreyfuss, Dan Aykroyd, and Rick Moranis. Oh, I, ooh, I honestly can't picture any of them in that role, even Rick Moranis. I really can't. Of course, Chase turned it down due to shooting National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Rick Moranis, Dan Aykroyd were busy with Ghostbusters 2. And Dreyfus and Russell wanted too much money. I guess uh, Kurt Russell was doing Tango and Cash. Alright. Christopher Lloyd was supposed to play the Bowtie Killer? Lloyd and Generator teamed up nine years later in the movie It Came From the Sky. That actually was a good movie. I do have that. It is an amazing movie. It says, Lloyd played a similar character. Switchblade Sam... 1993's Dennis the Menace, which, yes, I did cover for the podcast. It, um, the Looking Back at My Wonder Years podcast. It is there on SoundCloud for you to listen to, if you haven't yet. Okay. I'm going to stop here with the trivia, or we're not going to get to this movie. All right, let's go with the budget here. It was ten million estimated opening weekend, made ten million in twenty six. Uh, twenty six thousand nine hundred. <laughs> Grossed fifty three million four hundred seventy eight hundred ninety one. Worldwide seventy two thousand two hundred seventy eighty nine eight ninety one. Oh my gosh, they filmed in Texas. I feel so much closer to this movie now. This movie was released towards the end of July, July 27th, 1990. We got some taglines here. Attila the Hun, Ivan the Terrible, Al Capone. They were all seven ones. He's so bad, even the nuns refused to keep him. See, that's the thing I really... When movies sometimes are put on network TV, their deleted scenes actually get thrown into the network version. Like, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid... Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. When they were on TV, I remember seeing added scenes that were not in the original movie. So, and I'm not going to read these right now because I want to get into the movie. I kind of want to, let's like get into this. I've been talking for 15 minutes. Let's do this. So yeah, that's, that's the goal. Guys, I'm going to be honest. I've been hemming and hawing for what, two hours? Two hours. Trying to decide what movie to cover, and I'm just, 
I because I know I'd said problem child and problem child too. I'm like, I don't know, do I want to do that? Do I want to do the Brady Bunch, the Bra very Brady sequel? I don't know. So it's just uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm sticking with. See, this is why I normally plan out what I'm going to do. So let's get into the problem child movie. So the movie starts out. It's a rainy, rainy night, and Junior, of course, is narrating this movie as he says great night to be born huh because his mom is taking this wicker bassinet basket with the baby inside she's got the bassinet one hand and an umbrella and a black trench coat wearing a black can't see the woman we don't yeah like here's my mother dropping me off at this mansion it's yeah it's a mansion and then she just leaves. So we don't know her situation. We don't know anything about Junior's father. This isn't a Carrie White situation. <laughs> where we don't know Carrie White's father. It's not like Junior has telekinesis is gonna, and is going to set a school on fire. So, And guys, I am going to be up front. With this, these two movies, I'm not... This is not going to be... The kid-friendly version so I'm not doing that with, with every single movie I do but I want you know up front when it is gonna be a clean all ears podcast episode so the door opens it's a maid and goes and gets her employers oh my gosh there's a baby outside in the bassinet baby does not look more than maybe four months old if that and, and she picks the baby up and he's just exclaiming who on earth would uh, want to abandon such a wonderful baby boy and i'm thinking that baby's gonna pee in her face just the way that the baby is positioned and she's just like oh what a wonderful baby boy okay um i didn't know babies could pee out of their chest that's something new because that is exactly where the pee stream is coming out of yeah so it looks like the the maid is now taking the baby which i don't know long how long she's kept this baby so it looks like a brick ranch style house that this maid is dropping this so maybe just the next day and <laughs> just get take the baby somewhere else that isn't here there's a corgi on the front lawn that can't get away fast enough we hear bed the bone playing and michael oliver who plays junior his name pops up in the credits so the maid knocks on the door and leaves so it looks like they kept somebody kept the baby because the baby is now what looks to be two or three years old in a playpen and it looks like that movie that's got mickey rooney in it what's it oh my gosh why am i blanking it's a black and white movie with mickey rooney in it i've seen it it's a great movie now i just can't uh see mickey rooney He's got a billion gazillion movies. Hold on a second. Uh, that's right. It's called Boys Town. It came out in 38. He played Whitey Marsh. There's like other, like, it's almost like sequels to this movie. Because there's one called Men of Boys Town. It's like a, 
It's oh yeah, it's a sequel. Okay, interesting. That's right because uh, the pastor, Father, what's his name again? Flanagan, is that it? Yeah, Father Flanagan is sticking up for Mickey Rooney's character, Whitey Marsh, and saying, you know, if there's one thing I know, I'm sure that I know that there are, there's no such thing as a bad boy. Junior again, still narrating, says, oh, what does he know? And he takes a toy, a plastic toy, and chucks it through a glass window. So now he's being sent to what looks like a house that, it seems like every house, we go from the mansion in the beginning and the houses just get more and more like desolate looking. Like we go from a mansion sized house to a brick ranch style one story house to a house that looks like it's half the size of that. In where, where that one-story brick ranch-style house had a nice green lawn, this one's got gravel and a f metal fence that's got, like, weeds growing on it. Still <laughs> carrying this child, which it's probably, like, the kid's got to be at least, like, four or five, He's got long, pasty white legs hanging out of this wicker bassinet that I, how is it withstanded all this time as they view the mode of training? This child can walk at this point, but he's got the, the pasty white legs just hanging. Oh my gosh. And a blanket, it's like the, probably the blanket that he was found in, like for crying out loud. It looks like, because the lady puts the kid who's still in the bassinet, that looks to be about maybe five at this point, four or five, and just whatever clothes he might have had on, because it looks like he's just got the blanket. I'm like, are you kidding? It looks like it's not warm. Just puts him on the porch and knocks on the door. <coughs> like strawberry blondish hair later when he's seven but here he's got like straight up blonde hair not like white blonde but blonde and he's looking at this cat like oh what a strange looking dog i'm like there was a corgi dog at the other house kid you should know what a dog looks like this cat clearly knows what's up because the cat is hissing at this kid hissing growling the counter that this cat is sitting on it the house looks in disarray also it looks like there's a cup there that says something like reno on it so we don't know where we're at right now oh the cat's name is puffy and <laughs> junior, junior thinks was, i bet he's hungry puts in soap flakes in a box that says force on it even the cupboards look really like they haven't been washed in years just ugh. 
Checking it in because there's food on one side and then water. He's sticking that into the water. Oh, it says force detergent. That cat would not be drinking that water immediately. I mean, my cat can't handle like hairs in her in her uh, her own hair in her cat water or like you know when she uses the litter box bits of litter probably get stuck in you know in between her paw pads so then that when she goes to paw drink she's got like cat litter now in her in her water and it, she'll just sit there and, and look at him like all right you know you you know this is you you did the whatever I'll I'll change it for you but yeah, if there's anything in there, a cat, um, I don't think a cat is just going to drink. Unless they're not giving that cat water on the regular. Meanwhile, this song, Bad of the Bone, has been playing this entire time. Burps, which I don't know, can cats burp? But when he does, a stream of bubbles fly out of it. This house is nasty! you got dishes piled up on this. On the counters, even though there's, like, grape jelly, like, smeared on the side of the the counter just above the dishwasher. I'm guessing that's a dishwasher. What? You know these people don't research these places before they just drop the kid off at some rando's house. Now he's messing with the fish tank with a vacuum hose. Isn't that dangerous? I think that would be dangerous to put a vacuum hose in there. I mean, we've all seen the opening to Gimme a Break where she's vacuuming up the fish tank with the vacuum hose. All right, looks like he's going to be sent to... See, every house that we see that he gets taken to depreciates. A mansion, a one-story brick house, a clapboard house, I don't know. And now a trailer. It just... It... Every place he goes to, it looks more and more run down. A man, now usually it's been a woman dropping him off, and now it's a man. At least Junior is clothed in this scene. But he's bare, the only thing that is hiding him that in this bassinet is his head. Everything else is visible. His arms, his leg, you know, he's wearing clothes now, thank goodness. But good grief. The person knocks on the metal door and just runs. There isn't even a porch. It's basically concrete blocks that make up the porch. It's like, dude, you can get out of there, kid. You don't have to stay in that bassinet. He can't even fit in it anymore. How is that bassinet held up all this time? So, Junior, <laughs> some other... We don't even see these people... Because Junior's on the floor playing with these little, like a back, a backo and a other types of heavy machinery equipment, and the guy just walks across his toys and steps on them. Because Junior's like, "Oh, my favorite toys! Oh, what am, who am I kidding? They're my only toys," and. Junior tells us, like, oh, that's my dad. And then he says, oh, you want to play rough. And now he bulldozes the guy's house. The house. It's a trailer. Hopefully nobody was home at the time. Otherwise, this seven-year-old just committed murder. So, okay, it looks like we got rid of bassinet because we got two people dragging Junior to the gates of St. Brutus's orphanage home or whatever it is. 
So yes, he is at the orphanage, and <laughs> Junior narrates, hmm, I wonder if penguins can fly. And we see rope fall down from above. And then all of a sudden we see this room full of children that are singing hymns or whatever, because we don't hear. It's music class, apparently. And we see this nun being swung outside the building by rope. Screaming. And Junior says, see, no one ever really accepted me. Who'd be that caring? Heck, who'd be that dumb? So I don't know what... Okay, so it looks like they're in Cold River because we see a sign that says Cold River Medical Center. So now we're going to meet Ben and Flo. It's like these places that Junior has been dropped off at, just these people could care less about him. That's why they keep, you know, like, drop, like, why don't you give me this kid? I don't want him. <sighs> and do we even know that this kid's got a birth certificate or a social card or any form of identity? He just keeps getting dropped off. Junior's biological mother had him in a hospital. No one's going to know if this, this this kid's origin story, other than he was just dropped off in a mansion one night. So let's meet Ben and Flo. So it looks like they're at like a family planning clinic, because we do see women that are pretty far along in their pregnancy. And Ben and Flo are looking at a book that says, What to Name Baby. And... Ben is like, hey, listen to this. It says here that Henry is a strong name. Yeah, and he's reading, like, the meaning behind the name. Like, oh, look, it says loyal and loving. And then Flo is like, well, yeah, Hank. Like, Henry, Hank, Henri. I mean, that sounds like a loser. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and Ben is like, no, really think about it. I mean, Hank. Hank Aaron? I mean, that's a winner. That's a that's a name right there. So, he's really, really going for the name Henry. Uh, I, I, I like the name Henry. Uh, oh, speaking of Henry, it's funny because that is the name of the character in The Good Son, another movie I reviewed for the podcast. So, we see, honestly, that Ben and Flo... Their reasons for wanting a child are completely different from each other. Ben wants the bonding ex experience and, and everything, and just, you know, he sees a child as someone, you know, that he can, he can raise, and, you know, he has good intentions. Flo, on the other hand, does not have good intentions, because she uses... The idea of having a baby as a status symbol because everyone that's got a kid gets invited to the what feels like weekly birthday parties in the neighborhood. And it's like, if you don't have a kid, apparently you're nothing in this neighborhood. We'll learn that later. So, Flo is thinking of the name Donald. Like, what about Donald? It says here that Donald is wealthy and powerful. Well, I mean, they're probably, she's referring to Donald Trump, who at the time was just a very wealthy mogul. Uh, he, <laughs> he didn't know in 1990 that he would one day become president of the United States of America.
That's the kind of kid that Flo wants. Wealthy and powerful. Someone who could take care of her in her old dotage, in her old age. I honestly wonder how these two got together. Honestly, I look at Ben and I look at Flo and they're just not a good match. He deserves better. She just is looking to bleed him dry of money that he makes. Because she doesn't do any type of job. She is all about the fashion and the money and the what comes with it status. It doesn't matter to me how he turns out. He'll be our child. And Flo's like, yeah, but it wouldn't hurt if he's also chairman of the board. Stop! Ah, you don't even know if you're going to have a boy. Well, it turns out they can't have any child because she's infertile. And this lady who's pregnant asks them, <laughs> when is your child due? And she says, oh, Flo says, oh, well, I'm not pregnant yet. We're just planning ahead. So, I'd be like, then why are you here? They're clearly there to see a specialist to find out why she's not getting pregnant. They're at a clinic. And the doctor says, we pride ourselves at this clinic on a 99% success, 99 success rate. And apparently that 1% is what flow is. Yeah. And he says, well, the test came back positive. And Flo's like, well, positive is good. He's like, no, positive is bad. And Ben, he's trying to call him John. <laughs> ben says, no, no, positive is good. He's like, well, no, in your case, it's not good. It's bad. Positive is bad. Negative is good. He says, you are positively infertile. Now, this is 1990. I am trying to wonder if this guy is going to bring, like, there are other ways for you to get pregnant, surrogates. Because I can't see her wanting to actually carry a child. She's too concerned about her looks and all that stuff. Oh, wow. That's got to hurt Ben's parts. She says, you mean we've been doing it every night for nothing? Oh, wow. Yeah, thanks, Flo. Even Ben is just kind of like side and you're like, geez, honey, thanks a lot. The doctor wants to explain further so Flo gets the picture, as in, here's this diagram of, you know, of something with different parts here. We got this purple thing, which falls off. Well, that there was your cervix. <laughs> these green things here, these are your fallopian tubes. That little thing is your ovary here. Yeah, he says it doesn't even matter because you don't even have a yellow thing. She doesn't have ovaries? Can a person not have ovaries? Is that a thing? I thought something like your genetic makeup. You got your cervix, you got your fallopian tubes, and you got your ovaries. I thought it was just a matter of she's not ovulating or something like that. I mean, there are, th I mean, this is 1990. I don't know if there were injections you could, you know, like all the ways that you can, fertility, you know, medication that you can take that kind of help improve your chances of getting pregnant. So whether or not this guy even suggests any of that stuff, because the way he says it's a 99% success rate, so it sounds like they could, they're at a fertility clinic. He says your green thing, fallopian tube, is brown. 
what? There's something wrong here. What's going on? This sounds like a problem that has been going on for a very long time that she probably didn't even notice until she tried to get pregnant. That It honestly sounds like something like, if it's not bothering you, you're not worrying about it until something happens and then that causes you, like, well, maybe I should get this checked out. And, you know, this is just going to crush Ben because, you know, he wants a child. He wants to be able to raise a child and just have that bond and, you know, to be, and to be a parent. Because he asked the do do doctor, are, are you absolutely sure there's no hope? And he doesn't sugarcoat it. He's like, oh, no, whatsoever. But, however, there are alternatives to having your own child. Adoption, for one. The way that Ben and Flo lean in, like, all ears perked up, like, oh, tell us more. We're willing to do anything to have a child. But we don't hear what those other options are, because we go back and we see what Junior's up to. And he says, well, I tried to like it at the orphanage. Oh my gosh, we see that he's, like, taking pictures of nuns and showers and, you know, priests on the toilet taking a shit. What in the world? really trying to make us think this boy has got some more stuff going on than, yeah. Because now he says, oh, but then I, I, I became interested in photography. Yeah, he's taking pictures. How did he get in here? We got nuns in bra and panties. Like, they're wearing the habit, but then you see just underneath the bra, you see the panties are... Like, they're changing or something. Dude! Shut! What is wrong with this kid? Ew! It's like he's snake. What? No other kids are doing this. A priest on the toilet taking a dump. What in the world? There is something seriously wrong with this kid. I mean, normal Don't. Dude, I get it, embarrassing pictures and stuff like that, but don't do that. We see this has got to be St. Brutus's uh, from 1481. Oh, there's even a gold, like a bronze, like, bust of St. Brutus. It says, savor a child's smile for the devil is close at hand. Yikes. Yeah, tells us that things kind of went downhill after that. Well, I'm not surprised. Ew! What? Is that stew? It looks like regurgitated dinty stew. Dinty more or something. Regurgitated ground beef made into meatloaf. And then regurgitated and made into meatloaf again. A growing body needs nutrition. Is this like, eat all your stew? Yeah, we got salad. We got it's probably some really old, dry rolls. You know, hard as a rock. You break your teeth on them. Yeah, and she also adds nutrition and discipline. And here's Junior. It's not, he's not just strawberry blonde. He is like, I mean, it's not like a deep, deep red, like, he is like strawberry, like a dark red strawberry blonde. In the sequel, his hair is like be beyond like the reddest of the red. Not carrot top red, but like a deep red color. Junior, of course, has a smile. Like, well, if it's so nutritious, why don't we see you eating it? 
Uh, and the nun just turns to the lady who's doling out the meatloaf, like, give him an extra plate of it. Give him an extra scoop. Oh, literally makes me want to vomit. It honestly looks like... Oh, I don't even want to say it because I don't want to make y'all sick. This orphanage is filled, and I mean filled, with children. There are these many children that are just not, they don't have someone to take them in. Well, they definitely have lunchroom monitors there, I'll say that much. Nuns walking past, rulers kind of like smack, smack on the hand, like, I'm ready. Just, you get out, get out of line once and boom! You're getting the ruler on the behind. So Junior sticks a fork in this gross munch brown shit on his plate. The fork just sits there. It just, like, standing tall. He lifts the fork, which lifts the plate. This stuff is so strong that it actually, he lifts the fork and the plate comes with it. He's like, what is in the, what are they putting this stuff? And this kid across from Junior is like, please, just eat your lunch. Don't get us in trouble again. Junior takes this brown mush ball that's attached to his fork and just flings it and it lands on the ceiling. <laughs> He's got all those kids laughing. As she comes over and she's like, Junior, what happened to your lunch? He's like, oh, it was so delicious and it just gobbled it all up. And she actually does look under the table like, no, I'm not, mm, mm And, yeah. And then finally she's just like, oh, well, he's clearly telling the truth. This is for the first time ever since you've been here. She prays, like, for once you behave yourself. Thank you, Lord. And then down comes that splatter of brown shit goo. So, yeah, this isn't Junior's first rodeo with mopping the the room where all the cots are at. And this kid comes up wearing like a little suit jacket and glasses like, oh, and he's got a suitcase. He's ready to go. He's getting adopted. He's getting a new mommy and daddy. And the nun says, yes, good little boys get adopted. Bad little boys get something else. This kind of looks like, like the little, it's a TV room. It's got a little uh, shelves with books on it. Stuff like that. So, yeah, he turns on the TV. He's like, to hell with this mopping. I'm not doing it. So he turns on the TV. He's like, where are my cartoons? Because we're seeing the <laughs> Kramer's character here, Bowtie Killer, because he's wearing a bow tie. <laughs> Apparently he killed 34 people, saying they all deserved it. All 34 of them? Oh, you bet they did. And they're describing him as evil incarnate and one of the most dangerous criminals of the century. And, yeah, this is back when, you know, hey, you had to change the channel by hand because he keeps turning it. And it's like, this guy must be pretty popular. He's on every channel. So apparently the Bowtie Killer escaped. Like, since he had escaped, residents of the neighboring three states have been afraid to leave their homes. They did recant. They got him. Okay, good. And this has got to be Texas because everyone's wearing a cowboy hat. All the all the sheriffs are all wearing cowboy hats. 
Yeah, they're shoving him into the back of the police car. He's like, why is everyone always picking on me? I'm not a bad guy. I'm just misunderstood. And Jaren's like, oh, what a good looking guy. Apparently because of his prison break, he's going to have to serve uh, additional time to his already lengthy sentence. So Junior goes over to the toy box and pulls out what looks like a My Buddy doll. And he pulls the bow tie off of him. And then he puts it on himself. He's like, I want to be like that guy. That guy's my role model. Get to see, I think the kid's name is Freddy. He goes off with his new pa- I hope that the kid has a good life, because I would imagine, like, you, you, all the hoops you probably do have to go through nowadays to adopt children. They're just, you know, don't want to take any, any precaution, any, any, any issue, you know, every precaution you possibly could take. Alright, so let's go back to Ben and see what he and Flo are up to. Because I believe we do get to meet Jack Warden, who plays Big Ben Healy. Oh, I get it, because it's called Big Ben, so it has Big Ben kind of uh, built in there to the building. It says, Sports Town America's Sports Headquarters. Do they only have one vehicle? <laughs> because it looks like she's dropping him off at work. And she's extremely angry. And he's like, honey, have a good day. Well, he's telling her that. She isn't... Yeah, he's like, hey, why don't you just take a look at the adoption literature that was given to us? He says, you will look at it, and then we can talk about it later tonight. And she's like, why don't you look at it yourself? Like, fuck off. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, she's like, I don't wear secondhand clothes, and I won't have a secondhand kid. Ouch! Oh, you do not need a child, lady. You don't need to have one or, like, raise one. Because your priorities are all wrong. Him, and he is right there. Adoption is out! He's like, oh, okay, fine. Ben, you can do so much better. You can do so much better. Oh, yeah, we got Big Ben's voice on the speaker, like, Sporting goods made by Americans for Americans. Okay. Oh, apparently he's running for mayor also. It's like, my, my fellow Americans, don't forget to vote for Big Ben for mayor. Like, oh boy. I, I wouldn't vote for him. So while Ben's, you know, walking to his office, this kid comes up like, hey, mister, do you work here? Because, you know, Ben's not dressed in whatever the uniform is because he's, you know, upper management, I believe. And it's like, I'm looking for a, a canteen with a compass on it. I saw it in your commercial, and your commercial says you have everything. I was like, oh yeah, man, you bet we do. We got canteens 365 days a year. So yeah, the kid picks out a blue one, and here comes Dennis Dugan, the director, as this kid's dad. Like, hey, sport, where did you run off to? <laughs> oh, ouch. Because, <laughs> yeah, he says, oh, this guy was helping me find my canteen. And, of course, the kid's name is Hank. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I hope Hank here wasn't bothering you. It's like, no. I was like, that's my job, man, to help people who need help in the store. We're going on a camping trip. Oh, another kick to the gut. <laughs> no, this guy got a kid. The kid's named Hank. And he's going on a father-son camping trip. Oh, my gosh. 
So Ben is just like, oh wow, you two must have a lot of fun together. And they get uh, just lovey-dovey on the kid. Like, oh, these little rascals make life worth living. It's like, okay, my guess is that is an act. I don't think it is. No, I think they're cool. The guy's like, hey, what the heck else are we here for, eh, partner? <laughs> it is too big to be climbing on your back, man. That kid's like 10, 12 years old. He does not need to be climbing on your back like he's six. Oh, my goodness. Ay, ay, ay. So we hear over the speed the dad... Uh, Big Ben must know that Ben is there. He's like, hey, little Ben, get your butt in here. It's like, dude, you were on a speakerphone or, like, this big an announcing speaker. Like, they're in a factory somewhere that everyone who's anybody on the floor can hear. It's like, this guy owns a store, so he don't care how he acts. He doesn't care who here. Get your butt in here, son. I got a big surprise for you. Keep saying... On the speaker, that's right, Big Ben's is 100% American. Like, we get it. Uh, okay, well, it turns out he's going to be selling the store to the Jap the Japanese. Alright, good for you. Oh, yeah, great. This is a surprise, but not... This day is like a crap day for Ben. It really is. Finds out the old wife can't get pregnant. Not that it's anything on her. You know, she didn't do anything wrong. It's just her body isn't working as it's supposed to. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Now he finds out that his dad is selling the store. And it's not a big deal. You know, he's selling it to another, you know, corporation, business, whatever. And Ben is like, well, wait, but, 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 And then his dad's like, well, what, you thought I was going to leave it to you one day? <laughs> no. And, and Ben's like, uh, uh, yes. And Big Ben says, well, I'm not. I'm selling it to the Hiroshido Corporation. And Ben's like, well, I still get the land, right, Dad? And no, you won't. It's like, basically, he's not giving him Jack Deadly. He's not giving him anything. I'd be like, if I were Ben, like, why? Why did I spend 19 years working for you if this is like this big slap in the face? That you're you're selling the business that I worked since I've been out of high school, hoping one day because you're Big Ben and I'm Little Ben and I would take over when you one day retire or become mayor, and now you're like ripping my dream out from under my feet. Great. <sighs> he says I'm selling that too. Everything from here to the river. This guy owns a lot of stuff. We don't know how he made his dealings. How much land he had, none of it. He But he apparently, does he own that town? Yeah, Ben can't understand, like, I can't believe this. I slaved for you for over ten years. Yeah, probably right after he got out of high school. Probably didn't go to college. He probably started working for his dad. So he's probably, like, what, 29? 28 years old? Oh my gosh. Didn't even get a raise or a promotion. See, this is another person that shouldn't have had kids. He is, honestly, sounds no different than Flo, that their priorities are so out of whack. Apparently, Ben doesn't have any siblings either, because we never hear of them. Oh, God. And yeah, and, and Big Ben's like, oh, is there a lesson to be learned from all this? How about, and, and, and Ben's like, a lesson? Yeah. It's like, Ben says, well, how about don't trust anyone? I'm be like, not even your own father? Oh, okay. Well, 
Oh. And Ben says, Big Ben says, especially your own father. It's one thing to put in time with the company and to think, like, things are going well and you could be up for a promotion and blah, 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 and then to have it ripped away from you. But it's another thing to be working for a parent thinking you're going to take over the family business only to find out that you're not because it's being sold to another company, corporation, what have you. You're pretty much out on your ass or you're going to be working for other people. <sighs> Sucks. Sucks. I wouldn't know personally, but... Ugh. Yeah, and he tells Ben, you know what your problem is? You're too nice. You basically let people walk all over you. Like that wife of yours? Oh, he doesn't say that, but still. Yeah, and he's thinking, like, you know, I expected backstabbing from you. Maybe some scrambling to get to the top. But I got none. It's like, so there's a problem with your son being a nice guy who wants to do things the honest way? Oh. Yeah, Ben is, a, this is, yeah, his dad is not an example you want to follow at all. This guy's running for mayor? I wouldn't vote for his ass. I wouldn't want him as my, I wouldn't, wouldn't want this man as the president. I would have quit. I would, like, you know, here's my resignation. I'm done. I want nothing to do with you. Just whatever. But he's put in 10 years. A full decade. And for what? For what? I know, that's right, Quinn. So, I guess this Punishment Jr. is scrubbing these pots and pans. There's like hundreds of pots and pans. This nun comes in, the pain in the ass nun, who is like, what's taking you so long? We start serving dinner in 20... There is... Pots that have encrusted gross shit on them. Not actual shit, but the <laughs> food resembles it. And it's like, my girl. They're t these piles of pots are taller than this child. I just, I feel, I mean, he is being a butt, but this is a more than a one person job like this is that of several people that would have to do and they're just encrusted with filth and like if anyone came in and did um inspection on the orphanage it would be shut down that'd be shut down like this food is not nutritious yeah you see bushels of apples and bananas behind him other things and she's, like, saying, I want to see my face in these things. They're going to be so clean. It's like, oh, yeah, this looks like you. So, yeah, she gets angry. The nun gets angry. She has to grab Junior. He knocks a pile of pots on her. One lands on her head. And then he takes off. And then he, as she's walking down the hall, he knocks over a bucket of soapy mop water. She slips, slides into the garbage chute, which is conveniently at the end of the hall, lands in the dumpster outside. That's a question. I don't know whether nuns can be married or not, because this nun, when she gets out, when she puts her hands on the edge of the dumpster, I am seeing a wedding ring. So, I don't know. All right, so now we're going to... Back to Ben and Flo, what they're doing with their lives. Or mainly Ben. He coaches a Little League team, which, if you guys, a really good review for this movie. 
is the Hey Do You Remember podcast. Um, they don't podcast anymore, but I, I think, I'm trying to think, when did they start? Like, 2013, 2014, and they went all the way to, like, 2019, 2020, maybe 2021. Um, but, yeah, at the very beginning of podcasting, they covered this movie, and, yeah, it, one of the things that they say kind of does make sense, the fact that Ben, who does not have kids, is coaching a little league team now I don't know what the requirements are to coach a little league team whether you have to be a parent or not but yeah as we see a sign that says big Ben's brave so I guess this is a little league team that his dad is sponsoring and Ben is coaching so he promises the team like hey look if we win we get ice cream and the kids are all yeah and he says if we lose We'll still get ice cream. And the kids are like, yeah! What a cool guy. He's a cool guy! So the guy of the opposing team, which I believe is a neighbor of Ben's as well, this guy comes over with a little picture. It's a sonogram. It's another damn kid on the way. Because <laughs> Ben just rolls his eyes like, oh, fuck. Uh, it's like one of those, like, you, someone that annoys you, but you try to, you know, pretend to be polite. Ben's, yeah, Ben tells him, look, Roy, I don't care how many runs you score, we're not going to forfeit. I don't care about this game. We got this thing won already. He says, I just came over to share my happiness with you, little Ben. Yeah, apparently he's having another kid. It's a boy! His wife, Harriet, is having another baby. And he, give, Roy gives Ben a cigar wrapped in plastic that says, it's a boy. Basically shoves it into Ben's mouth. Okay, it looks like Roy's team won. His, uh, Ben's little braves, I guess, didn't stand a chance. Remember to recycle. The Cold River Conservation Corp says, dig in, separate your garbage, save on natural resources. That's one of the banners that's hanging on the fence. And something called Remco, which I don't know what that is. Okay, so basically we're going back to the orphanage, and the nuns have had it with Junior. There's at least five nuns here complaining to Gilbert Godfrey. We finally meet Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, uh, Mother Superior. <laughs> There's a nameplate on this desk. The thing that goes on with this, this trilogy here, which we don't speak about the third movie, that piece of shit. But Gilbert Godfrey goes from working at the orphanage to, in the sequel, he's the principal of a junior high, to <laughs> the third movie he's playing a dentist. <laughs> it seems like he's getting demoted even lower each and every time. So Gilbert Godfrey, just, he, he can't, like, junior, I don't think he's evil in any way, because everyone, the, the nuns are all like, he's evil, look what he drew in art class. Like, just gross pictures of skeletons, monsters devouring people and human flesh and whatnot. So Gilbert Godfrey, whatever the hell his name is, I can't remember in this movie. Peabody, yes. He says, all I'm saying is maybe all the child needs is to be loved. He doesn't believe, like, Junior is not connected to the tragedy that occurred earlier today. What tragedy? What? Did somebody die on account of Junior? What happened? Someone fell in the dumpster. They survived. Yes, the nun that now is suffering a broken arm due to Junior's negligence says, Oh, let's cut the crap, Mr. Peabody. 
Yeah, he, she, or she, she tells him either Junior goes or you find yourself some new nuns. As in, this place is going to be, you're going to be running the show, like doing everything because we're, we're, we're walking. We're not putting up with it. He wants to, he's kind of siding with Junior, like, hey, the only way we can really straighten this out is, like, let's hear what Junior has to say about it. Still rocking that bow tie. The, the kids part like the Red Sea for him. But yeah, he's got his hands folded like he's praying, like, please, sisters, please don't make me lift those heavy stones, and please don't make me scrub those dirty toilets. Yeah, he's just like, I just want to be a good boy, I promise. So do the introduction here with Mr. Peabody and Junior. They basically, they want to get him out of there. Junior is more than willing to basically get the hell out of the orphanage too. Like we need to come up with a solution that's a win-win for all involved. As in, let's throw him off to anybody that comes in looking for a kid. Let's make him out to be the most perfect polished boy possible. No, they're not buying Let me any of it. Junior wants out of the orphanage. Like, okay, let's make that happen. <laughs> I love how he starts impersonating Peabody. <laughs> he, he just starts laughing at him. And Peabody's like, what's so funny? You are, you stupid dick. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, hey, if you want to keep your nuns on staff, you need to get this kid out. All right, looks like we are going to go to Ben and Flo's house. Their house is gorgeous. It really is. It's got a really pretty, it's a like a nice sky blue color. It's got a wraparound porch. It is so gorgeous. 
It's got grass, the lawn. It's not a dirt lawn. It's not, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. I love it. Let's look here because, and since Flo has no, she has got this giant picture of her above the fireplace. And also these animal figurines, dog, different dog figurines. She's petting this cat. Which I don't think we're going to really see the cat after too much after Junior gets here. At least I don't think so. So it's like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and then we see the house directly across from them has a birthday party. The only thing is, since they don't have a child, they don't get to attend. Because that would honestly be a little weird. They don't know. I mean, they know the neighbors, but they don't have kids. So, yeah. So right away... Flo goes up to the door and is looking out at the couple with the child that are going into the house across the street for the birthday party. And Flo immediately hones in the dress, look, the shoes. I've been looking all over for shoes like that. And Ben is like, I wonder why we weren't invited. And Flo says, yeah, the same reason we weren't invited to the Reynolds, the Burks, or the Hersons. Because we don't have a kid. Yeah, that does make sense. You can't go to a kid's party if you don't have a kid and you're not related. It would be, that is just too weird. <laughs> so, Flo sees this as being a parent is power. It's just about a status symbol for her. She says, and once you're in that circle, you just want to keep everyone else out. Yeah, and, and Ben is coming at it with, like, honey, being a parent is about sharing. It's about a mom, a dad, and a kid. And Flo tells him, except there isn't going to be a kid. It's just going to be you and me forever. Oh, I don't like this scenario. <laughs> so she goes and sits back down with the cat. And she is just petting that thing too, too hard. <laughs> that poor cat. And he's like, Florence, why can't we adopt? And she says, we've been through this. No. And he says, we have so much love to give. Why waste it on these stupid pets? So clearly an animal lover. And she says, they are not stupid. And she is like crushing her cat to her chest. This poor cat. Suffocated by love. Oh, the parrot. Adorable green parrot. Oh. He tries to come at it from a different angle here because, you know, Flo likes to shop, right? Right. Okay, so he says, look, all those mothers out there had to deal with what nature gave them. But you and I, we get to pick out our kid. That's like shopping. And her eyes, ding, 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 magic word, shopping. So another thing is she's worried what the neighbors will say. Well, the neighbors will know we ad we've adopted. It's like, who cares? Yeah, and he, he paints this picture like, oh, they'll say, oh, there's Ben and Flo Healy going out to yet another birthday party with their new son. Always son, never daughter. <laughs> yeah, and she, she starts painting a picture about Flo and a new dress, so she is down for that. Hey, anything that helps her get new clothes. Yeah, he's just painting this picture like, oh my gosh, and then they'll say, oh, let's invite the Healy family over for dinner. And she is just like, oh, Ben, dinner's okay. She throws the cat to the floor. Let's adopt a child. So we're going back to see how Junior's doing. He is in, right, I, I don't know if this is an, is an English class or it's an all-subjects class, because kids are writing to pen pals. 
Oh, it's a it's a math class. Okay, because I see like multiplication tables behind or um problems there on the board. One girl is writing to Queen Elizabeth because she's got a booklet or a magazine that says the Queen on it. Know who Bishop Tutu is? Now, of course, Junior is writing to the Bowtie Killer because he's got the newspaper there on his desk. How's he know where to send it to? And the heading on the newspaper says, Bowtie Killer Captured. I did it for kicks. And above it says, Cold River Patriot. That's the city's paper. Also, January 16th, 1990. So this is just in the new year. So now we're going to go visit uh, the Bowtie Killer in prison. He's reading Junior's letter and Junior's saying that he's getting out. Oh, Junior signs it. Your number one fan, Junior. He's in prison. He says one word. He says smoke. And every prisoner there has got cigarettes. <laughs> Guards are scared to death of the Bowtie Killer, as well as his, the fellow inmates. So, yeah, he opens up the letter, has one of his fellow inmates read it to him, and I guess Junior has been dubbed J.R., which makes me think of that Joe Dallas. So, Bowtie Killer says one of these days we're going to meet up on the outside and we're going to do some serious damage. And... The inmate who's reading the letter says, good news, I'm getting out. And the Bowtie Killer grabs the letter from like, what? He's getting paroled? So, <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know this guy? He's crazier than I am. <laughs> really? Um, I can definitely say the Bowtie Killer has got some strength into that arm because when the warden shows up on that crosswalk, or not crosswalk, what is it, a catwalk? I don't know. But anyway... The Bowtie Killer takes a barbell and, ch like, really chucks it like it weighs nothing, hits the prison guard uh, warden, and knocks him over the side of that catwalk. Yeah. So now he's wearing a neck brace. Apparently he didn't have any other damage other than that. So Ben's like, honey, I, I hope I'm not rushing you. And she's like, nature screwed us over. Let's give commerce a try. Like, let's do this adoption thing. So, Cold River Municipal Building. I'm guessing that's where they go to file for an adoption for a child they haven't even met. Like, they adopt him, so, I mean, they see a picture of him, but they don't know really much about him. Other than what Peabody, you know, it's gonna, his file, Junior's file is gonna be nothing but lies. He's just coaching, like, he's a perfect little kid. You'll love him. So, yeah, Peabody starts out with, Oh, you want a kid you can love? Okay, you should have a kid in about... Mm, we'll put you on a waiting list. Yeah, you'll get a kid in about seven years. He pretty much goads them into taking Junior. It's like, and flows like, seven years? He's like, unless, I mean, you don't, no, no, no. No, I didn't say word. Didn't say anything. It's like, no, no, what word are you going to say? But yeah, he is really schmoozing them, Peabody. He's like, I like you two. Kill me. I like the two of you. And he tells me, you know, when I like two people, I want to, you know, he sounds like he's a car salesman that will say anything to get you to buy a car. 
So he's like, just this morning, I found about you know out about an available seven-year-old, smart as a tack, a little rambunctious, but I mean, come on, weren't we all that age? Yeah. He even procures a photo of Junior for them. And the kid does have red hair, which, I mean, so does Flo. <laughs> in a way, she's like, oh, he looks very presentable in that little bow tie. But then she starts off like, uh, seven is kind of old. Really? He's seven. He's not 12 or 15. Even that's not old. I mean, come on. You're not getting a newborn. Okay, this is... <laughs> You don't need to, like, you know what, then you can go. Because she says, seven is rather old. I mean, I wanted people to think I had him myself. Had him yourself? Well, you both have red hair. You could pass off the fact that, you know, you had the child with someone else before you were married to Ben. And just say, well, we split up and he died and I got the kid back or something like that. I mean, he talked the whole story. But the last thing she wants to be associated with is any form of scandal. Yeah, she wanted people to think that she had the baby. You know that then people are like, well, I mean, you definitely did not look pregnant. I mean, I saw you like three months ago and you did not look pregnant. And he's trying to come like, oh yeah, I mean, I get it. That's understandable. A lot of women feel that way. Act like they put in the time, but didn't put on the baby weight. Gotcha. So, yeah, he starts painting this picture of, yeah, you want a cute little infant, one that will start screaming in the middle of the night. Then you'll have to stumble in the dark and change his smelly and soiled diapers. And, yeah, he's just painting this picture, like, you know, you'll do your housework, you'll eat chocolates, take care of the kid, and you'll put on 50 or 60 pounds. And, of course, Flo's like, well, no diapers? And even Ben's like, you know, I know how you like to sleep late. A seven-year-old, he can pretty much get himself up in the morning and, you will know, get himself a bowl of cereal. You wouldn't even have to worry about that. It's like there'd be no baby waking you up in the morning. Just think about it. Basically, we could skip all that baby junk and move right into the good stuff. Yeah, where you can, like, start hanging out, you know, taking your kid, you know, play, doing things and, you know, actually doing activities that you wouldn't have to wait at least five to seven years for to, for the kid to get old enough to go do stuff. You can go to an amusement park and whatnot. The kid would be able to ride some of the rides. Parties and more parties. And she says, I could be president of the PTA by September. She has no real interaction with Junior. Really, hardly at all. And of course, he says, "Oh, it'd be nice for someone for fuzzball, fuzzball, really, fuzzball." You couldn't have come up with any other better name. You know, it'd be nice for someone, to, you know, fuzzball to have someone to play with. And she says, "Oh, fuzzballs are cat." And here comes Peabody saying, "I can't believe it, Junior. He loves cats, really." Uh, he, they are they are ready to sign the deeds, sign the papers. Like, let's do it! Come on! And, and Flo's like, okay, Mr. Peabody, you've got yourself a deal. Like, it's hook, line, and sinker. He shakes her hand and says, and you've got yourself a kid. Like, adoption is that simple. It's I'm sure it's not that as black and white as like this movie is portraying it to be. <laughs> I'm not rushing you. We, we can always let nature take its course. Nature screwed us over. Let's give Congress a try. Okay, let's see. 
see what I can do here. You want a kid you can love, I'll put you on the waiting list. You should have a kid in about seven years. Seven years? Unless, nah, 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 just, I didn't say a word. I did not say a word. No, what, 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 what were you going to say? Well, I really put my foot in my mouth this time, but I don't know. I like you two. Kill me, I like the two of you. And when I like two people, I want to help them out. That's just my nature. I want to help out people that I like. <laughs> Gosh, you sound so much like Iago and them. <laughs> a seven-year-old. Uh, smart as a tag, a little rambunctious, but weren't we all at that age? Sure. <laughs> oh, I Gosh, enough of that laughter. Oh, he does look very presentable in that little bow tie. Adorable. <laughs> but I don't know. Seven is rather old. I wanted people to think I had the baby myself. It's <laughs> understandable. A lot of women feel that way. You want a cute little infant. One that will start screaming in the middle of the night, and you'll have to stumble downstairs in the dark and change his smelly and soiled diapers. And, you know, you'll do your housework, and you'll eat chocolates and take care of the kids, and you'll put on 50 or 60 pounds. No diapers? Hey, you know, you like to sleep late. There'd be no baby waking you up in the morning. We could skip all that baby junk and move right into the to the good stuff, like parties and, and uh, more parties. I could be president of the PTA by September. And it'd be nice for Fuzzball to have someone to play with. Yes, Fuzzball's our cat. I can't believe it. I think Junior, he loves cats. You hear that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Mr. Peabody... You've got yourself a deal. And you've got yourself a kid. Alright, so it's adoption day. Junior is going to his new home. His first meeting with the Healy's. He's got his suitcase filled with his belongings over the last few years that he's been there. And <laughs> I love how Flo and Ben are there. Ben, of course, wants to record this important moment in their lives he's like oh my gosh Flo can you believe it that's our son and Flo of course is like oh he's very handsome I'll be the envy of the neighborhood of course from Junior's end <laughs> seeing because Ben is decked out in red and blue <laughs> and Junior says like they look like a couple of yahoos like who are these people of course Flo is dressed in like a leopard print blouse. <laughs> Just, and her hair, it seems like for the majority of the movie, her hair is always constantly in like a beehive type of look to it. Oh, he's wearing his Ben's Little Braves uh, baseball, Little League baseball coach hat. That's what it is. Because, you know, Junior, of course, he's narrating this movie. And he's like, you ever seen a grown man wear so much blue? Because Ben's also wearing a blue jacket. So Ben introduces himself and Flo. Like, hi there, little bunny. I'm Ben Healy, and this is Flo. And Junior shakes his hand and says, hi, my name is Junior. My favorite color is blue. What's yours? And Ben could not be more tickled if he found out that I don't know. He was actually going to get his dad's store instead of his dad selling it. So he's like, oh, my favorite color is blue, too. Oh, my gosh. And he's just like, he's perfect. <laughs> he's wonderful. They really feel like they hit the jackpot with this kid.
Of course we see Junior side-eyeing the nun with the broken arm. Like, <laughs> see how well he played these two people? <laughs> yeah. So, Ben picks up Junior and is like, Sisters, goodbye. Goodbye, children. Because all the kids are looking out the window. And they just looking at this couple like, they have no idea what they're taking home. <laughs> and as they drive away, you hear Ben say, Wow, we must have gotten the pick of the litter. I mean, look, everyone's come out to see him off. Everyone has come out because they are celebrating balloons, streamers, shouts of celebration, he's gone. Balloons flying out the windows, confetti pouring out the windows, oh my goodness. They pull him into the driveway, and not only does he have a camcorder, he's got a camera. He wants to take a picture of Junior's first day on the front lawn in front of the house. Honey, put your arm around him. I want everyone to be happy. I mean, because he's got, Junior's got red hair, and she's got red hair. Anyone would probably think, oh, that's your son. Okay. Well, they're probably like, well, where you been hiding your son at? Because, I mean, <laughs> honestly, he looks like he could be biologically related to her. And he's like, everybody say cheese doodles. <laughs> and you see Flo kind of looking around, wondering if anyone's, like, looking out their windows at them. So, of course, Junior has questions as he asks, so, how come you adopted me? I mean, how come you didn't just have a baby? I mean, I get it. He he's curious. Like he doesn't. He they did not have a formal meeting with each other. It was basically a one and done adoption. Clearly, weren't expecting that question because Ben is stumbling over his words, and he says to June, he says, "You know, with a, with a baby, you never know what you're getting." says, you know, with a baby, you never know what you're getting. But, you know, it could be a dud. But with you, there's no surprise. And Ben tells Junior, you know, Mr. Peabody told us how terrific you are. And Junior surprised me. He did? Apparently, Junior, <laughs> this is a, was voted most popular orphan two years in a row. So, Junior's first words when he walks into the house is like, wow, because he's looking around. Wow, this isn't. Neat, this is a nice house. 
And, of course, Flo immediately says, oh, and we're going to keep it neat and clean, aren't we? Lady, he's seven. I mean, how neat and clean? Everything is not going to be just as... You got a kid running around. You're going to have to clean up. Junior's kind of walking around the living room, taking everything in, from the bird figurines to the cat figurines... The dog figurines, the giant portrait of Flo wearing leopard a leopard print blouse. So it's similar to what she's already wearing. Just, I mean, you can tell like Flo is very self-absorbed. And he says, as he's looking at all these figurines in this picture, he says, "I hope you guys are insured." I'm thinking. That would raise a red flag. Like, I'd be like, why are you ask, telling us this? Like, why are you asking us this? <coughs> what are you planning on doing to our house? Cat Fluffy Fuzzball, whatever its name is, is taking a major dislike right away. Starts hissing at Junior. And he's like, oh, and you have a cat. Oh, we've seen what he did to the other cat with the soap flakes or detergent in the water bowl. He's like, oh, here, kitty, kitty, goes and picks the cat up just under the armpits. And Flo's like, oh, no, no, Junior, make nights with kitty. And the cat is just yowling and just... Because he's trying to hold the cat. And Flo comes over and is like, oh, no, you pet her this way. The cat cannot get away from him fast enough. It's like he literally is Damien from The Omen. Like, if you've seen that, not the 2006 remake, but the one from the 70s where they go to the zoo, like they're in the car and all of a sudden all the animals start acting crazy and getting really upset and riled. And Ben's like, wow, I've never seen Fuzzball act like that. Here, Junior, meet Polly the bird. So Ben has Polly say hello to Junior, and of course Junior is like with this mischievous grin. Is that the only word he knows? Like, yes, right now that is the only word he knows. Oh, you know that he's going to be teaching that bird some stuff. Even the bird is getting bad vibes from Junior. As they walk away, the bird goes, ah, oh, yeah. Like, he can even sense it. Like, this, there's something off about this kid. When he comes to the house, he's deliberately like, oh, I hope you guys are insured. I was like, I get that the kid is untrustworthy of adults because of how, you know, his childhood upbringing and everything. That he's immediately distrusting of, you know, anyone who takes it. Because I was like, why did you pick me? I don't get it. As they're heading up the stairs, Junior asks, do I get my own bed? Has he never had his own bed before? Well, he's probably, because he probably sleeps on a cot in a room full of kids and other beds. And Ben says, your own bed, Junior, this is the big time. You get your own room, buddy. Okay, I take it this was Flo's decision? Because she's like, oh, I hope you like clowns. Why would you do this? Why wouldn't you just make it a nice basic basic bedroom so you can find out what the child is interested in and then say, okay, you know, as we go along and, you know, if you want to put up a poster, if you want to do this or that, or we can decorate it however you want. It's totally up to you. Colored blocks that spelt like red and blue, a lot of red and blue and yellow here. 
Red and blue blocks with yellow lettering spelling out Junior's name. They are creepy looking. Like, this room is just a circus nightmare. Clowns on the painted on the walls. Just clowns, just all, figurines all over. Oh my gosh. Even a clown bet. What makes you think a seven year old clown curtains? Just what makes you think that this kid would be in the room? Is very, very blue, blue carpet, like royal blue carpet to match the color scheme of the red and the yellow. And I'm just like. Ugh. I don't like it. Ugh. I I don't think a seven-year-old... I don't even think a four-year-old would be into that. That was just... That's too much clowns. If he's into circuses, I'd get it. But even still... There was a... There's a restaurant that's still open in, in Lowell, in the town I grew up in. It's called... Um... Oh, gosh. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm blanking. Um... Not Hardee's. It was uh, Kaiser's. Kaiser's Kitchen. And they have really good food there. Anyway, of the years that I you know, would go there on occasion, they had pictures of like sad like 1920s clowns, like hoboish clowns, painted sad faces, clown figurines. You couldn't walk like into the bathroom while seeing a clown. Picture of a clown, clown figure, literally like all over the place. So many clowns. I don't know whether like the person who owned the place had a fixation with clowns. It's like I want sad clowns, sad, sad face painted clowns all over the place. Figurines, portraits, pictures, you name it. I want the whole place to look like a sad clown from the 19, early 1920s or something. And Junior's reaction as he says, oh my god, they're, I'm not saying that word, even though it was said in movies in the 90s and most likely even in the 80s, that is not an acceptable word. The one I'm referring to is what they called mentally challenged people back in the 80s and, and 90s and people would use that word as an insult to insult someone and here he's just calling the the clowns that yeah i i refuse to say this word so yeah so ben's like oh what do you think big guy and junior is just really like well uh there's sure a lot of clowns oh god like i don't think i can sleep i mean like, i i i can't this is, it's too much. It's nice, but it's, it's, it's too much. Even the dresser, it's painted a royal blue, but it's got, like, bright sunshine yellow, uh, you know, the drawers are, are yellow, and then, of course, the knobs, the handle, whatever, on the drawers are red. It's a red, blue, and yellow motif. He could have been even, since he likes sports and everything, I thought he could do, like, um, a baseball theme or something like that. Or something sports-related. But clowns? He's, he's seven. In three years, he's going to be double digits. He's not into the clown deal. Which, the thing is, I don't know what it, about the fact that this clown theme carries over into the sequel. And I'm like, why are we continuing this? 
We'll get to that when I cover Problem Child 2. Ben and Flo's reaction to Junior saying there sure are a lot of clowns. They're like, ah! <laughs> oh, you. And of course the doorbell rings. So, yeah, they invited uh, old Big Ben over, old Grandpa, to meet. He does not even know that they adopted a child. It literally was that quick. Yeah, because you oh, that must be your new grandpa. Now, Junior, you stay right here. But yeah, this is going to be hella awkward. Not just for Junior, but the grandpa is not expecting, you know, him to already have a grandkid. Oh, okay, so if it's a big surprise that Ben has for his father, like, oh, so what's this big surprise you dragged me over here for? But it's okay when Big Ben has a surprise for Ben that he can just announce it like, oh, I got a big surprise for you, son. Like, oh, God. Like, it's almost like, what do you want? I'm going to hit the bars. Let's wrap this up. I got places to be. So he takes the cigar that Roy gave him out of his pocket that says, it's a boy. It's like, well, here's a hint, Dad. And, of course, he's going to think that Flo is pregnant. He takes the cigar. He's, oh, my God. Finally. <laughs> he is so excited. He's, yeah, again, he's seen it from his own benefit as an, oh, you and Flo cooked up a cute little kid for my campaign since he's running for mayor. So, of course, he grabs Flo's belt and says, oh, I figured, oh, I thought you were getting a little fatter there, mama. <laughs> and... When's my grandson due? And of course, Flo takes offense to this as she says, fatter? <laughs> and Ben says, no, no, dad, dad, Florence is not going to have a baby. No, we adopted. And he turns his nose up at that real quick. Oh, no, before he even says anything about adoption, here is what, uh... <laughs> Oh, Big Ben here says, oh, well, you followed my advice and took your sperm to somebody who knows what to do with it, huh? What? No, he did not use a surrogate. Yeah, because he says a surrogate mother. Ouch. What the heck? So he's getting really invasive, Big Ben is, with the questions. Like, oh, tell me, now, did you basically have to pump into a cump or did you get to bump a real life? What in the hell? No, neither. Oh, my God. Such an insult to his daughter-in-law right in front of her. Like, she has infertility problems. Granted, she wants to have a kid for the wrong reasons. But now he's, her, her father-in-law is saying, oh, well, at least you took your sperm to someone who knows what to do with it. Someone who has a working reproductive system. And... Ben finally clears it up and says, no, Dad, we adopted. And then this is what that Big Ben says. He says, are you insane? And he's thinking about how this will ruin his campaign, his run for mayor. Oh, yeah. Ben is all like, oh, I thought you'd be happy. Come on, let's go. Well, let's meet him. Come on. So he's going up the stairs, and Big Ben is all like, happy? You don't know what you're letting yourself in for. And he starts bringing up, like, dopehead mothers. Like, we don't know anything about Junior's biological parents or his mother. Garbage blood. For all you know, his parents may have met in the loony bin. What in the world? 
<sighs> and apparently uh, he's got a thing against Democrats. Like, they might even be Democrats. Like, whatever. And Ben is going to bed for this kid. He's like, he's a beautiful kid, Dad. He says, relax. Once you meet him, you're gonna, you'll love him like your very own. So I love how Ben announces right outside the closed door, I would like to proudly present the newest member of the Healy family, Junior. Opening the door and the room is just aflame. Flame and smoke is just like, you can't even see the kid or the room. Oh my goodness. So he takes Big Ben's coat and starts slapping at the fire. I guess he gets it mostly out. And, of course, Big Ben's all, well, it's a thousand dollar coat. So who cares? So Flo's screaming, Junior, are you in here? And you hear the, like, <coughs> and, of course, this is upon seeing Junior, Big Ben says, oh, my God, it's the devil. Like, <sighs> ben goes over to Junior and puts his hands on his shoulders, like, buddy, are you all right? And, of course, Junior's like, <coughs> Yeah, just a little smoky. And, of course, Ben finds the culprit. It's the clown white, which must have shorted out, because he picks it up. It's like, you don't pick up something that was on fire. You are going to burn yourself, electrocute yourself, or both. Well, yeah, even I can tell that Junior is just faking this. He's like, sparks were coming out of his nose. I was so scared. What in the hell is that in the background? Junior is not a three-year-old. This is not a, a barber parlor that's got, like, little uh, horse thing on a, what, you know, the things that you'd see, like, oh, let's put him on a little rock horse that, you know, on a pole that goes back and forth. And they really should have researched, like, seven-year-olds. This is... This is, honestly, I would put this at maybe a three-year-old is going to be into these. This type of clown. I don't even, this would scare a three-year-old, honestly. Even Big Ben is like, ah, oh, the little punk is lying. And Ben is like, Dad, what? Oof. Yeah, so of course, Big Ben is ready to go as he starts going down the stairs. He's like, well, I hope you kept the damn receipt. Like, what an asshole. He's saying how you got one bad seed there. Oh, yeah, like the bad seed movie. And Ben is like, will you keep your voice down? He could hear you. Like, you'll hurt his feelings. He's like, I hope you kept the damn receipt. We hear the cat meowing. I'm surprised the cat is even trying to go anywhere near Junior. Why is the cat sitting in a smoke-filled room? Smoky, hazy room. And Ben's even telling his dad, like, it was an accident. And his dad says, accident my ass, get rid of him. What, since, I mean, is the dad paying for his house? I mean, what is, I mean, why does he think that he gets a say in his son's life? Because he employs him? And Ben tells him, forget it, we've made our decision. And Big Ben says, hey, this is the last time I set foot in this house. I'd be like, fine. And Junior throws the cat at... Big Ben, who is standing at the top of the stairs, and he just falls down the stairs. I feel bad for the cat, though. The cat did not ask for any of this. I, mean, I don't give a shit about uh, Big Ben there. He can uh, break his neck for all I care going down those stairs because he's an asshole. It's so fast. 
fake. See him this fake cat, and then once the cat actually hits the guy, you know, Ben's dad, who falls down the stairs. But the cat's still, like, clinging to him. Oh, you just hear the fake... And then it's like, and it falls, oh my god, no, stop, you're hurting, fuzzball. But you can tell it's going down the stairs. The stairs are carpeted, by the way. But it's just this cat, it's just so fake looking, of course, for protecting the cat. But still, it's just, <laughs> here come the cops. <laughs> of course, all the neighbors, the neighbors want to find out what's going on. Has this changed at all? Like when... When fire trucks or cops or whatever show up, there's always going to be a crowd of people nearby that need to know what's going on. Is that still a thing? Or do people just kind of mind their own business? Oh, it's the cops. I don't know what they're here for. And I could care less. I'll read about it on the see it on the news or whatever. They got the paramedic. The paramedics got Big Ben and... He's on a stretcher. They're running him to an ambulance. Yeah, we got people lining the sidewalk to Ben's house, neighbors and such. Somebody just said, oh, he's all right. He's not dead. <laughs> I just heard someone mutter that. So, of course, Big Ben is still conscious because he's got a neck brace on. He's like, get rid of that kid. Get rid of him. As they're putting him in the ambulance. Th that poor cat has got... Um, casts on both its front legs. Oh my, and it's just walking. Unhappy now. Yeah, I don't think we see the cat after this at all. This is the last time we see that cat. Of course, Flo is more worried about Fuzzball than Junior. Like, poor Fuzzball, he'll never be the same. Well, I'm sure once the cast come off, his legs will be completely healed. But Ben can't even believe his ears. Like, poor Fuzzball? What about Junior, who's standing there on the front porch, just watching all of this? Yeah, he looks at her, and he's like, are you Is that all you can think of, is your stupid cat? What about the fact that Father's on his way to the hospital? Or that Junior's had such a traumatic first day. Yeah, they haven't even had him for like an hour yet. And all of a sudden this happens. Yeah, he's like, do you stop and think about the poor boy? Of course not. Of course you didn't. Yeah, uh, this is like, I think the first time that he has actually lost his temper at his wife. Yeah, he feels real horrible. He got his yeah, uh, this might uh, make me feel better. Damn. So I don't understand why Ben gives a shit about his father. It's like just it's, it's trying to please us. His dad is never gonna be happy with anything he does. Not never. So yeah, we see that Junior's got Big Ben's wallet. We see okay, so they do live in Illinois. We got a driver's license number. It expires June of 1988. Or maybe that was issued in 1988. I don't know. Uh, hair, blonde, he's six feet, 180 pounds, was born in 1936. 
Oh, it's, wait, what does that say? It says, oh, maybe it says it expires in 1992. Okay. Just reading off this fake-ass driver's license. That <laughs> Big Ben, he looks rough. He looks like he just woke up from a hangover of drinking all night long and had to roll out of bed to go and get a driver's license photo. Yeah, okay, so it looks like it was issued in... June of 88, and then I'll, it looks like it, it expires in 1992. All right. He is rolling with cash. He's got a $50 bill and a bunch of 10s. I mean, he's not got a wad there, but it's a good, decent amount. But then again, it's like, how many, even in 2022, who really has that kind of cash, or even cash in general? Usually you're either paying with card or, you know, you got your Google or Apple Pay. Everything is done electronically. I mean, there's nothing wrong with maybe having like a 20 in your wall in case of emergencies. Okay, <laughs> so it looks like they are doing a psychology psychological exam on old bowtie killer here, probably to see if he's competent enough to stand trial for the murders he's committed, all 34 of them. Because... Yeah, they're doing the Rorschach paintings. And he's like, oh, I see a furry bunny. Oh my gosh. Yes, not only does the warden have a broken arm, he's got an eye patch, and his head is wrapped in gauze, and he's got, like, a big, giant, jumbo-sized band-aid on the side of his face. So, yeah, he's just playing this guy who's doing the examination. He's like, oh, I see a white bunny running through a furry bunny running through a field of delicate white snowflakes. So yeah, the, the warden is like, he's lying, that's not what he sees. You know, I'm conducting this interview, okay? Please don't interrupt. You interrupt again, you're gone. So yeah, my own interpretation of this Rorschach painting could either be a butterfly or someone's uterus slash fallopian tubes. I don't know. That almost looks like a vaginal opening. <laughs> Sorry to be gross, but it does. It really does. Coming back to the beginning of the movie with the fertility doctor. <laughs> it looks like reproductive organs. Oh, yeah, he's saying, like, oh, I see a med. Like, playing up with the pink bunnies and the fuzzy bunnies and the just happy animals and sunshine and shit. He's, he's playing the. Like, come on, man. I get it. Ugh. The guy's name is Rupert Car Camillo, M.D. Pink flowers. It's a black and white Rorschach painting. You're not seeing pink. Even the warden's like, there is no pink. What the hell are you talking about? I love how <laughs> the bowtie killer is handcuffed, you know, in front. And he's also smoking a cigarette. Yeah, even the warden comes over and he's like, he's lying again. He can't. It's a black and white picture. So he basically has to throw the word out. The examiner does. Like, this is a private examination. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Yeah, the guy's like, no, you don't. You see blood. You see murder. You see guts. This guy, like, he's a bow tie killer just leaning back, smoking. Is he wearing a toupee? What the hell is that? Uh, the, the bow tie killer. It's just, it's weird. It's like, it's almost like a toupee that's curled around the edges. Uh, it's just gross. Oh, yeah. He's like, okay, what do you see in this? No, they need to have, so if he is handcuffed, 
And the fact that he's handcuffed in front. No, there would be a guard there overseeing this whole examination. Because this guy's killed 34 times. He's like, I see blood! And then he goes and he wraps his hands around the examiner's neck. And that's how he basically escapes from prison. He pretends to be the psychological examiner wearing nothing but a, a hat and a smoking pipe. Like he's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, so they're like asking him as he's leaving in the guy's car. The the guard is like, oh, how'd it go with that guy? He's like, oh yeah, that guy, he's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he says there's a few bricks missing from his building. All he's wearing is a jacket. And he basically took the guy's clothes. And he's wearing a hat pulled down. And a, smoking a pipe. How in the holy hell did he, that prison is stupid. Alright, so we are back at the Healy house. Flo's asleep. Ben is staying up reading a book called How to Be a Great Dad. And the back of the cover is just, you can't really see it because it's almost kind of in shadow, but clearly it probably is John Ritter on the back cover. Okay, never mind. I guess you do hear uh, see the cat again because Ben hears creaking. And he goes down to see, you know, maybe Junior's up. And Junior goes and turns a light on. And we see we do see the cat still in the leg two front leg casts. Just laying there. Oh, that poor cat. But that cat can really move with those casts on its front legs. Because it jumps off that, uh, that desk really fast. So, Junior is clearly is looking for paper or something. He probably wants to write the Bowtie Killer. And he finds some needlepoint in one of the drawers of the desk. So, Ben comes down and asks Junior, like, oh, what are you doing? And Junior looks up, like, oh, uh, nothing. And, you know, Ben's not angry with him. So he, you know, Ben lies, like, oh, I, not Ben. Um, Junior says, oh, I was looking for some paper to write a get well note to Big Ben. So, I like how Ben, like, ruffles Junior's hair and says, oh, well, Junior, that's very thoughtful, but see, these are Mom's private drawers. <laughs> There's a reason they're private. Yeah, he tells Junior, you shouldn't go in there because that's where she keeps her needlepoint and crocheting. She does not look like someone who would sit on the couch and needlepoint and crochet. No, she looks like someone who would finger bang to muscle magazines. And that's exactly what he is seeing in these other drawers of this desk that is in the living room. Okay, if you want to finger bang to porn magazines, um, don't keep it somewhere that somebody... I mean, did she say, oh, honey, this is my drawer, please don't go in here, thank you. No, you're not going to keep that stuff there. You're just not. I, 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 I don't... And the thing is, I mean, this is 1990. Who's looking at physical magazines anymore? for that stuff. You're not. You're probably looking online, looking at YouTube movie, whatever, to get yourself off to. I don't know. But this is, that guy looks, I mean, clearly steroids. That he is so tanned and so oiled, his dick and balls are probably so small they're non-existent. Like his thighs are bigger than, this muscle man's thighs are bigger than my head. 
just one thigh. Oh my gosh. Now we get another one that's like a, a Fabio Muscle Man type, and you're just seeing the long hair, the tattoo, the cross necklace, the abs. You're not seeing waist level. Even Junior, it's just like, whoa. And now we get a picture of a guy with, uh, he's a firefighter, he's got his shirt off, he's got the, he's wearing the fireman outfit, suspenders, pants, holding a fire hose. Putting out a fire, probably not. So, of course, yeah, this was a surprise to Ben, like, damn. I mean, think about it, she's coming out from saying, oh, we, all that sex every night for, we had, did that for nothing, basically? So what are you saying? Your husband sucks as a lover? I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, come on. Would she rather beat up to these pictures than have sex with... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But Junior apologized. Like, oh, I'm really sorry, Mr. Healy. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Your marriage is in... <laughs> got some serious problems here. He's probably like, what family did I get adopted into? <laughs> oh, he says, yeah, I was scared being alone on, all in, alone in my room. He's probably used to sleeping in a room with like 20 plus kids. Okay, I think he's a bit old to be picked up like he's three, but whatever. Cause, and, yeah, and Ben ends up making him some hot chocolate. Like, hey, why don't we make some hot chocolate? This is a sweet moment between him and Junior. The home is gorgeous. I do like the layout. Have you ever, in all the sitcoms you watch on TV, and you always see the swinging door that leads from, like, the living room to the kitchen, have you ever wanted something like that in your home that you would build a house just to have a swinging door that goes from the living room to the kitchen? So, yeah, you know, Ben's like, oh, buddy, I understand. You know, it's your first night in a new home, and it's scary. And this is where Ben confesses, like, you know, buddy, I'm, I gotta confess, I'm a little scared myself. You know, this is my first time as a dad. You know, I'm scared I'm gonna make a mistake, and you're gonna, you know, hate me, or run away, or... And Ben, Junior tells Ben, he's like, well, you'll learn quick enough. And Ben asks Junior, what do you mean, learn? Learn what? You know what it's like to be an, a dad. And then and Junior says eventually you'll get sick of me and then you'll send me back. And Ben is surprised to hear this. Like, buddy, you are not being sent back. You are here forever. That is a promise. Yeah, so... Ben tells Junior about his plan, like, buddy, we're going to do everything together. We're going to ride bikes, we're going to go fishing, we're going to play catch. You know, Ben is all in on this. This is his dream. This is what he wants to do. He wants to be the dad that his dad could not be for him. That he did, his dad didn't want to be that type of father for him. All his dad cares about is being ruthless and greedy and money and just corruption and just, ugh. I like how he says, and I, I want to be a great dad, and I will never be too busy to sit down and listen to what's on my son's mind. Over a nice cup of hot cocoa. This is just, it's so sweet. I love this scene. You know, Junior, I gotta confess, I'm a little scared myself. This is my first night being a dad. Well, you'll learn quick enough. Learn? Learn what? What it's like to be a dad. And you'll get rid of you, 
So Junior wakes up the next morning, goes out on the front porch, and Ben has already got their weekend already planned as he's packing the car to go camping. It's like, hey, sleepyhead, you're ready to go camping? It's like, dude, you could have, like, maybe give him a heads up. I'm not saying that he's got, well, he does have other plans. Like, oh, camp, no, I, I mean, I was going to watch cartoons. You know, that's what I usually do. Like, oh, heck no, we can watch cartoons anytime. It's time to go camp. You know, this is taking place, I believe, during the summer, I think. He's pretty much trying to make up for lost time with his father by doing everything that his dad did not have the time for to do with him, which was camping. Yeah, my dad, your grandfather, was always too busy to ever take me camping. Well, let's go meet uh, the neighbors. I don't know what this lady's name is, but her daughter, Lucy is the brat of all the brats. Oh, it's Mrs. Henderson! Because Flo's like, Ben, bring him over here so we can get invited to this party. But this girl who plays Lucy is the daughter of Richard Coyne, who played Larry on Three's Company, which also starred John Ritter. She gets out of the car, little Lucy here, uh, <laughs> does a little curtsy as she's been, you know, instructed by her mother to do. Of course, yes, she has to bring over some type of food on a platter. Like, oh, we heard about your little accident. Fruitcake, it's not Christmas. What? What? Ew. Well, whatever. I'm sure it isn't going to look any better coming out of me than it will. It's, it's going out, going into me. <laughs> Ugh. I've never had fruitcake. I don't want to have fruitcake. It looks gross. Flo introduces Junior. Says I, she says, I would like you to meet my son, Junior. He, of course, ever polite, you know, putting his hand out like, pleased to meet you, ladies. You know, fake politeness and all that. And, of course, the neighbor is impressed. Like, oh, my, he's a perfect little gentleman. Yeah, and, of course, here we got to get the little girl's <laughs> impression. Like, oh, isn't he, Lucy? And she says, he's so big. Yesterday they didn't even have a kid, and now they have seven-year-old. That's gross. Of course, you just see Junior's face. Just, uh, oh, my gosh. Because she says, I don't want him at my birthday party. And you just see, you know, Ben with a hand on Junior's shoulder and just kind of, you know, patting the back of his head and, you know, comforting him. Oh, and... Of course, Miss Henderson is trying to, like, correct Lucy with her behavior. Like, Lucy? And then, of course, the, the girl who's instructed to call her mother, he dresses like the man that cremated Uncle Leo. Shut up, kid. So, okay, I guess the girl is going to be six. So, it looks like then, because Junior at some point says, I'll be eight in a week. That's later in the movie. So they got a good two years behind them. And, of course, the mother is apologizing for Lucy's behavior. Saying, well, Lu Lucy's turning six this week. 
Oh, she starts, you know, taking away things from you know, she had planned for the party. It's like, I, I don't think we'll have a clown this year. Or balloons. Or presents. Or ice cream. She doesn't say anything about presents. So he's basically saying, you invite this kid to the party or you're not getting ice cream or a clown. Yeah, she's pretty much forcing this kid that already does not like Junior just based on the fact that he's older than her and whatnot. Like, I'm having a per birthday party Saturday. It'd be nice if you could come. Yeah, she says, I think it would be nice if you came. You know, actually, if you go on YouTube... They did this with the Little Rascals where they got all the actors back to kind of recreate the photos of the movie covers. And they did the same thing with Problem Child with Michael Oliver, the girl who plays Trixie. And they did get the actress who plays Lucy here, Richard Klein's daughter, to come back. And they were kind of recreating some of the scenes and the dialogue and everything. It's it looks really cool. The smile on Junior's face, like, <laughs> yeah, that really had to hurt to invite me to your party. <laughs> oh, yeah, Saturday at two, they've been invited. And the mother says, Come on, Lucy, get in the car. That fruitcake looks like ground beef with gummy bears stuck into it, it is really nasty. So, Flo got exactly what she wanted, she's been invited for the birthday party. You've finally been accepted. Well, by one parent with a kid, you've been accepted. And she thinks, well, hey, the invites are just going to keep rolling in at this point. If we get invited to one birthday party, we'll get invited to all of them. Parent crap is really paying off. She's wearing, like, a safari hat. Again, with the, it's like all she wears in this movie, it seems like, is leopard print. The same, like, I don't know. She maybe just has, like, different variations of leopard print shirts. So, so many leopard prints. <coughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I can't believe it. A birthday party and now we're going camping? Yeah, you know Flo is not doing the camping thing. Oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. Give me your credit card. I'm going shopping. Not me, pal. I'm going to the mall to buy a dress for the party. It's like, oh, what, you don't want to come with me and their son for his camping trip? I'm like, oh, hell no. Get real. He says, give me some money. Because we know Flo doesn't work. He pulls, he pulls out cash money. I thought she was asking for a credit card. Say, like, oh, does that mean you're not going uh, camping with this? And she says, not on your life. Oh, yeah, looks like he is going to give Junior an allowance. Like, I don't see why my son shouldn't be getting his very own allowance. Yeah, like, hey, what do you say about that, man? Like, uh, Junior's down for it. Like, sure. Yeah, so he says, all right, now this is going to be a good opportunity to learn to manage money. Gives them a dollar. It's like, a buck? A whole buck? Are you serious? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you manage a buck? Oh, God. He's going on a camping trip with Roy and his family? Gross. He's like, come on, Mr. Molasses. Let's go. We're gonna be late. Hey, there's a black cat right there. All the wagons of the 90s. Okay, what? Okay, seriously, Ben, do you gotta have the fisherman's hat? It looks ridiculous. Hey, Junior's got that slingshot. We'll see that in the sequel. So, as they're driving along to the campsite, we do see a sign that says, Warning! Exclamation point. Bears! Exclamation point! Do not leave food unattended. Excited. Junior's excited to the chance to see bears. Like, neat Bears! 
So, Ben assures him, like, hey, don't worry, buddy. Bears rarely attack unless provoked. Well, if you have food, they might come a-calling, so you need to keep your food under wraps. He let Roy pick his campsite. That's the one that he reserved, campsite number 42. Ew! Like, yeah, nice spot your friend reserved, especially for us, Mr. Haley. Right by the damn stinky, shitty porta-potties. Ew! Oh, my. And you hear the flies buzzing. That is gross. Yeah, of course, Roy's got the primo spot. Like, oh, you're not going to see the sunset from over there. Come and watch it from our riverbank. Ugh. Your riverbank. Yeah, and even Junior's like, I don't buy what this guy's selling. Like, I tell him to shove it, Mr. Healy. And Ben just is like, oh, no, it's no big deal. Yes, because you're letting someone walk all over you. I mean, maybe he is a little too nice, too accepting, too just letting things just fly under the radar. Like, it's no big deal. Of course, Ben wants to get away from this Mr. Healy business and have Junior start calling him dad. How does that work? I mean, when it comes to, like, adoption and stuff like that, do parents, do adoptive parents really, especially if the kid is old enough to talk and everything like that, do they really start out, oh, don't call me so-and-so by my first name, don't call me Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, call me dad or mom. Like, I honestly think that should be up to this. If the kid does not feel comfortable, don't press them to do that. Is that it? No. So, Junior's like, hey, doesn't even respond to that. He says, I want to go home and watch TV. Well, Ben's like, what's TV compared to that call of the wild bobolink and that spruce over there? Yeah, yeah, and apparently Ben uh, chooses that time as he turns around to let out a loud, long, far- Oh my god, there's a dumpster there, too! Ew! That is nasty! That's a campsite? I'd be like, I want my money back! Ben, well, he's probably going with him. He's probably not even paying for the campsite, so... But no, no, don't worry, Roy, you make the reservation. They got, like, umpteen camp uh, tents. They got a giant tent with, like, an awning. They got a medium-sized tent and, like, a smaller little pup tent. And the kids are gathered around the fire singing Old MacDonald. So it looks like Ben is manning the grill. We got the kids sitting around the fire. Well, <laughs> the kids minus Junior because he's sitting as far away from everyone as possible. He's sitting on the end of the bench at the picnic table. He's like, ugh, he's rolling his eyes so hard. I don't believe this. So Junior tells us those are Roy's kids. They're sharing a brain, basically. Yeah, because there's, like, what looks like three boys and two girls. So, they're on kid number six, so it looks like they're going to end up having four boys and two girls. I love how Junior kicks some leaves at one of the kids. Apparently, the one on the end has it today. <laughs> he still is just hanging out on a log by himself in the dark. Ugh. Roy asks Ben, like, how's it feel camping with your son? And 
Ben is all like, oh, Roy, it's great. It's a dream. Boy, Roy's a dick, too. It's like, sure, forget the fact that he had to go to the kid emporium and buy one. Yeah, he says we can't all produce six perfect little angels. Oh, good grief. Ben tells him, well, I've only got one, but he's one in a million. Ben's just letting people put him down and treat him like shit. And I just, I feel, I feel for Ben. I really do. So, Roy shows Ben... It looks like a skin, a skinned back blackboard, ba a skin, a black bear with the, the the head, and he's gonna wear that to scare the hell out of his kids. Roy's wearing a super dad hat and gives one to Ben that just says "Dad" on it. Like now that you're one of us, you can wear the you can wear a hat too. Ugh, these kids know any songs that aren't something you learn in kindergarten. Pop Goes the Weasel and Old MacDonald. What, is this, like, it feels like Ned Flanders, the Ned Flanders family, that these kids are just really, they're too polished and too perfect. Wait, is that little one a boy or a girl? I can't tell. So, yeah, they're all like, oh, what do we do now? Let's tell ghost stories. Let's. Roast marshmallows. And here comes Junior, who's sitting on the log off to the side, says, let's light a forest fire. Buddy, we have too many of that shit going down right now. We don't need you lighting any fires. Where the hell did this girl come from? She's like, don't you know it's bad to light forest fires? So she's got this southern drawl, and none of the other kids have it. I mean, they're all supposed to be from Illinois, but good grief. And, of course, Junior's like, oh, that's the whole point. This girl's annoying. I'm going to tell my daddy on you. I'm going to tell. Then the girl with a southern drawl, I'm going to tell. She's wearing, like, overalls and, like, a 90s hot pink with gray lines running through shirt. Ugh. Of course, little uh, boy who looks like Roy, a young Roy, says, Let's give him the silent treatment. <sighs> of course, the other kid's like, yeah, just ignore him. It's the 90s. People are wearing plaid from Ben to Junior to the oldest Roy kid. So he, Junior, oh my gosh. If he were an adult, he would be arrested and put on the sex offenders list by whipping out his hoo-ha and taking a piss on the fire right in front of the kids says ignore this and why does it look like he's peeing at his knees that is like the pee stream is ugh, i don't know it's just it's gross yuck <laughs> the kid runaway screen ah! he puts he's, he puts out the fire with his piss good for you junior so for someone who wanted to go camping with his kid, he sure as hell is not spending any time with Junior. He's helping with the hot dogs. Meanwhile, Junior has left the campsite area, and he is luring a bear. Now, unbeknownst to Ben, who he saw Roy's bear costume. Yeah, he's going to be in for a, a whirlwind. Yep. <laughs> So it looks like Harriet is around the camp. They got another campfire going. 
And they're all like, oh, they're singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Do they know any songs that are, like, not of the kindergarten variety? They're just too polished and perfect, and it's gross. Where is Ben? He doesn't like, where'd my boy go? He wandered off. Yeah, that steak that Junior was luring the bear with flings it into the air. Here comes the bear into the campsite. The kids and the mother all run to the car. So, of course, Ben thinks it's Roy just messing around. It's like, oh, Roy, you devil, you. So... Ben is all like, what's the matter, kid? You afraid of a measly little bear? So, yeah, Ben says, oh, he's not so bad. Ray, this is, Roy, this is great. This is, <laughs> yeah, come on. Seriously, you can't tell a real bear from a fake bear? Come on. Junior, of course, is in the tree laughing his ass off while this is all taking place. Like, this bear could have mauled your adopted father and you would still be laughing your ass off. I honestly, I think there's something wrong with this kid. I hate to say it, but, I mean, someone who takes delight in the misery and just of, of others like that. I mean, I get it. A lot of these people are assholes, but Den Ben did nothing to deserve this. We are seeing sh in between shots of a man in a bear costume, which isn't Roy, and a real bear. And we are seeing, like, yeah, he's not even anywhere near the actual bear. And this just fake bear just grabs him. It's like, ugh. It's hard to watch this with a serious face. This is fake as hell. A bear is not going to pick up a person and chuck them, like, 20 feet into a, uh, a tent. I don't think that bears can do that. They probably can bear hug you, but I really don't think they're going to pick you up and chuck you 20 feet in the air. That's unbelievable to me. Yeah, the bear pretty much gets the hell out of there. He's like, okay, I'm done here. A couple board games. We've got Yahtzee, Monopoly, and I can't tell what the hell the other one is. Of course, the bear takes off. The lady and the kids get out of the car, and Ben gets up. Not injured at all. It's like, oh, where'd it go? Like, oh, I think it left. And here comes Roy in the bear costume. And, of course, Ben can't distinguish between a real bear and a fake bear. So Harriet, of course, is clinging to Ben. She, well, I don't know why the hell she just doesn't go to the car. Granted, it's her husband in a bear costume. A bear is not going to be, like, on its hind feet, like, moving its arms like it's dancing, like, moving its arms in a tumble motion. Like, come the hell on. I get it, they just are freaked out they saw a bear, but... Ugh. The moron, as she says, oh, you must have learned it from the tourists. Oh, yeah. We cut to Junior laughing in the tree. Ben grabs a frying pan and smashes the bear in the face. Bear slash Roy, it's Roy. Oh, he smashes him up the back of the head. Okay. Oh, Roy finally rips the bear head off of his head, and the kids in the car all cheer. So Junior's just like, ah! <laughs> just like that. And Ben looks at him like, what the hell? He's not asking, like, where have you been this whole time? It's like, <sighs> so when Ben gets back, he's reading a book that says, Discipline and Your Child. 
Again, it's another, I mean, if it's John Ritter in, you know, costume or whatever on the back of the boat, you can't see it that clearly, so. Well, I didn't know Flo could cook. Good for her. She's, I don't get the impression that she is a big cook. I don't know. She just seems too, like, into, into like, herself and shopping and crap like that. So, he's telling her all about the whole situation with the camping. Like, I just can't get it out of my head that Junior was responsible for the camping thing. Well, man, you weren't spending any time with the kid you wanted to take camping. You were, like, helping, you know, Roy and all that shit. And just assuming that Junior was going to somehow assimilate with the other damn kids. Which, ugh. Yeah, he's, he's just, it's almost like he's disturbed by it. Like, you should have seen him laughing. He was laughing his head off. So, of course, I think Flo's heard enough. He's like, why don't you just lock him in his room tonight? Good grief. He's book here, and he says how, it says here in this book that children often misbehave just to get attention. Oh, and it also says we should only resort to discipline only when other forms of positive reinforcement have failed. Oh, my goodness. Of course, here comes the parrot. Not the parrot's voice saying, up yours, up yours. <laughs> that parrot saying, dickhead. <laughs> Good golly, where does this person live? This birthday party is like a mini mansion. Wouldn't it be weird if that were the same house that Junior got dropped off at when he was an infant? That would be funny. Oh my gosh, I like Flo's hair better when it was up in the little beehive thing, because what she's got going on is, and she is wearing a different dress, she's not wearing the leopard prints. So she's like, oh, Mrs. Henderson, your home is lovely. And of course, Mrs. Henderson says, call me Marion. So is this supposed to be a costume Halloween party? thing going on because he's dressed like a little devil lucy's dressed like a sunflower if she weren't a brat if she weren't such a brat i'd probably say it's adorable but no i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna give her the satisfaction okay um i got something to say about this this lady that clearly looks like she's supposed to be pregnant we're only seeing her from the side but if this is supposed to be a fake pregnancy belly they extremely failed because, I don't know, a belly isn't supposed to look like that from the side. It's more, it's not rounded, it's more like rectangular square. Even from the side, it's like, what is that supposed to be? A pregnancy belly? Because it doesn't look like one. Oh, was that Roy and his wife? She didn't look pregnant. How many months later is this? Ben is, Big Ben, oh, because he's the, let me see if that's even him, but the guy's wearing a neck brace. Yeah, it is Big Ben in a neck brace. I guess because he's running for mayor, I mean, he gets to be there. Of course, Junior uses that plastic pitchfork to break a balloon. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Big Ben there's got some bumper stickers for the kids for their bikes and some buttons also for those kids don't want that crap. They don't want it even if it's free. So, yeah, it looks like he's taking a, a semi-light, well, because Junior's doing him a solid here with uh, passing this crap out. He's like, oh, what for? And Big Ben's like, oh, what for? Ten dollars, that's what's for. Like, okay, thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> he just takes the buttons and bumper stickers and drops them in some metal whatever the hell that thing is. Like a, like a spittoon or something, I don't know. 
Damn, you can't even walk in that floor on that floor without stepping on a balloon. Holy shit. Holy jeez, this girl's got a shit. No wonder this old brat is spoiled as hell. He's got this room is like filled with presents. So many presents. And he's just looking at them, but she's like, Don't touch my presents! Like, whatever. It's not like he's opening them. He's just kind of chucking them out. He's probably not gotten a birthday gift in his life. Some of these wrapping papers are just ridiculous. Like, one is like like a white-pink color with green cactuses. Someone really wasn't trying there. Whoever was on the set and needed a wrapping paper. It's just, ugh. Oh, he actually does pick one up and shake the package, trying to figure out what it is. There comes Lucy being a little bitchy brat. Like, put it down! That's my present! That's mine! These are all my presents! Like, well, no shit. Someone took, like, a little Sharpie and did, like, a little, uh, mustache, little go devil goatee thing going on. And she's like, Careful, you're gonna break it! These are all my presents! Ah! Like, ugh. So this has got to be a costume party because these other girls are coming around that look much older, at least by a couple years or a few years older than this girl Lucy. They're like, oh, who's that? So Lucy fills them in saying, oh, he's a new boy, but he can't play with us. He's got cooties. Why would he want to play with a bunch of girls? You all look like stuck up brats. This girl here who's dressed like, I don't know what she's supposed to be dressed like. She says, he's not even a real kid. He's adopted. Excuse me. These kids are probably picking this shit up from their parents. He is very much a real kid, just like you and the other kids there. Him being adopted doesn't mean anything and make him any less of a kid or a human being. Who, who, who is doing that in the 90s when it comes to kids? Is that how they treated kids who were adopted? Like, ew, gross, you're adopted. Like, what the hell? But they look like they live in a rich-ass neighborhood or something with these well-to-do, well-off people that all sound like a bunch of fucking snobs. Even Roy and his family are stuck-up snobs. That think they're better than everyone. And I do, I feel for Junior in this moment. So, here comes Lucy's mom saying, Alright boys and girls, come on out, time for the magic show. Even she, even Lucy's mom has a bit of a southern drawl in her. And Junior's like, alright! And Lucy steps on his devil tail. Like, no, you can't come out and watch my magic show hear the costume tearing as she steps on his devil tail. She says, you can't come out. Junior looks at her and asks, why not? And she says, because it's my party. I get to say, because she says, because I said so. I get to say who can watch my magic show and who can't. First of all, that girl, okay, her mom needs to come in and put a stop for that shit. It's like, well, you can go sit in your room, Lucy, for the rest of the day while your kids all have fun. Because if I were her mom, that kid would not be acting like that. She would be in her room the whole time. And I'll send everybody home. No, we'll, we'll all have a party without you. And everyone can take the presents back that they brought you. It looks like you see Roy's kids there, too. I mean, 
Everyone's like dressed up as like uh, yeah, that is Roy's kids though, because one of the girls is dressed like a bride. That's creepy. And Junior just looks on forlornly, like. Ugh. How is this really any that much different than him being in that orphanage and the kids, you know, treating him like they are? I mean, this is just like ugh, I left the orphanage to be treated like this shit. Ugh, fuck you. It's like I don't gonna impress these people. I owe them nothing. Oh, well, here comes Ben asking Junior, "Well, why don't you? Why aren't you outside watching the magic show?" Junior turns and says, clowns are dumb. And Ben pretty much gets it. It's like, ah, oh, it's tough being left out, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure if Junior had a choice, he would not be going to that. He would rather just stay home. So Ben asks Junior, if, if I were to give you something, would you promise to take very good care of it? And Junior nods. His grandfather gave him a prune, a hardened prune, just before he died. Uh, apparently, grandfather became a little senile towards the end. He was a little confused. And Ben says, well, you thought it resembled Roosevelt, the president. And Ben says, he puts the prune in Junior's hand and says, and he closes his hand and says, the important thing is that it's a bond between two people. So maybe part of me kind of thinks that maybe Ben actually had a good relationship with his grandfather compared to his own father. And he wants to pass this on to Junior. And Ben says, I've kept it in my pocket for almost 30 years. Wow. And Ben, you know, pats Junior on the shoulder and says, I know you'll take good care of it. Because apparently... <sighs> D Flo wants him to meet the Hofstetters. Uh, this whole party is just a meet and greet for her to... T oh my gosh. Why aren't you outside watching the magic show? Clowns are dumb. It's tough being left out, isn't it? If I were to give you something, would you promise to take very good care of it? <coughs> My grandfather gave this to me just before he died. What is it? It's a prune. Hardened. It's a, it's a hardened prune. My grandfather became a little senile toward the end. He thought it resembled Roosevelt. But the important thing is that it's a bond between two people. I've kept it in my pocket for almost 30 years. Ben, get over here. I want you to meet the Hofstetters. Come here, sweetheart. I know you'll take as good a care of it as I have. Ben, move it! So as he's, you know, Ben leaves with Flo, and Junior looks out at the uh, the clown magic show thing, and we hear Lucy's voice in his head saying, You can't come to my magic show! And Junior narrating, Oh, I had some magic of my own, and here comes It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To song. So we see him cutting the happy birthday banner, we see him replacing the candles on the cake with firecrackers, He's popping a balloon with that plastic pitchfork and freaks out Lucy. How 
some of these things, I'm like, there's a house full of people. How is he going about undetected because everyone's distracted? He's bringing up a long garden hose with a sprinkler attached and putting it in the girl's bedroom. This girl's got like a queen-sized bed. Oh my gosh. And he goes out in the backyard and sets the sprinkler off. Kid is beyond spoiled. She's got a gumball machine. She's got a queen-sized bed. All, all these stuff. To, uh, just too. Dang. No wonder the kid is the way she is. They're playing pin the tail on the donkey. And they're spinning the kid around who's got the little pin with the tail on it. Junior goes and turns the kid around. So he ends up taking that little pin tack thing and stabbing some lady in the ass with it. Oh, we keep seeing shots of Lucy. Like, whining, crying. Taking the presents and chucking them into the pool. <laughs> I can say this. I don't think the Healy's and Junior are going to be invited to any future birthday parties after this. The whole everyone in that neighborhood is just going to ostracize. They're just going to distance themselves. So Lucy is seeing these things happening where... Junior takes scissors and cuts this girl's braid. Oh my gosh. Lucy isn't even talking to these kids. But yeah. It's like, some of these presents look really big and heavy. Even taking the piñata, taking the candy out of the piñata, and now is putting like relish and other condiments from the refrigerator into this piñata. Pickles, olives, ew! For someone who's got, look at all the shit they got. They got Mountain Dew cans, they got juice, they got different kinds of soda. Oh my gosh. Someone goes to get some punch and there is a giant bullfrog just sitting in the punch bowl. Where is he getting the fireworks from though? It says Class C Common Fireworks. Gotta watch him put... All of these fireworks, one by one, they're really stretching this out. Oh, that bedroom is just uh, going to be a mess with water. <laughs> Hits the pinata, it breaks, and of course, all of that liquid that was in, like, the pickle juice jars, the olive jars, all that just right on that kid's face. Granted, his face was covered by a bandana mostly, but still. All, I'm surprised the kids, well, I don't know what time of year it is, because uh, the kids would probably be having a pool party if it were warm enough. But, oh, there's like 30 presents in this pool. Yeah, this, they're playing the whole damn song. And we keep cutting to Lucy, her little sunflower costume, crying. Of course, the candles are lit, the cake explodes that looks like something like i wonder if you did that what would happen i mean that's like a trick you'd have to play in the country or something like that you would not be able to do that in the city like hey let's stick a firecracker in a cupcake and see if it explodes all the guests that are surrounding this cake get hit with cake bits of cake all over all turn and glare at junior all of these kids and all of these parents so of course we see junior just kind of sitting there on the steps with a look i'm like oh, i didn't do anything as junior narrates perhaps this was one step too far this could be a problem oh here we go we got ben and flo 
talking about how, well, Bannon's the one who's saying this, I think we've got a problem. And Flo is brushing her hair, sitting in front of the mirror. She's like, oh, you think we've got a problem, do you? She ends up handing the, her hairbrush to Ben as if to use it to spank Junior. Like, uh, I don't think he needs to be spanked. Disciplined, yes, and not in the form of, I mean, come on. I was a kid of the 90s. I got spanked. Kid of the 80s. I got spanked. That's just how things were done back in the days by some some parents. So, of course, here's what Flo thinks. You, you want to know what I think? I think we should get rid of the kid and buy a new cat. So, of course, Ben tells her, you're not making any sense. And she says, oh, you want to make sense? Why don't you show him who's boss? She hands him the brush and says, here, be a man. Like, for once in your life. As he goes to confront Junior about what he's he's probably sent him to his room say, you're here until I say you can come out. So when he goes to approach Junior's bedroom, he hears him praying. As Junior says, please, God, I'm so sorry for what I've done. You probably did hear the footsteps because his room, it seems, is right across the hall from Ben and Flo's. Oh, they still have that dang clown set up. He says, I promise I won't ever do it again. I won't ever do it again, I promise. And he says, and I don't ever want to cause Mr. Healy any trouble. He knows that Ben is watching him. He says, he's the only one that's ever been nice to me. He is. He's at his the side of his bed. Hands you folded in prayer. And he looks up at Ben and says, please don't spank me, Mr. Healy. <coughs> please don't spank me, Mr. And Ben is really, like, kind of fighting against himself here. He says, well, Junior, I, I don't want to, but, I mean, you're going to have to be punished. So he decides instead of, you know, uh, physical punishment to just say, all right, well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have to ask for that dollar back and just kind of suspend your allowance for now. And Junior, he doesn't know how much Junior has, but we will find out when he opens that drawer. He looks at Ben and asks, the whole buck? Like, yes, all of it, please. Thank you. I like how he's taken the globe Junior has and used, like, a black Sharpie to create, uh, like, a face on the side of it. It looks very much destroyed. Where did he get the $100 bill? Where did he get the hundred? He's got hundreds, twenties, tens. Oh my gosh. Where is he? Where did he get all this? Did Ben have more? Cause he's got, he's got more than one wallet in there, everybody. Oh my God. Did he steal people's wallets? At the, Cause there, seriously, there is more than one wallet. There's one, two, three. There could be more in there, but just, ugh. He's got to, like, dig through it and find that $1 bill. Oh, my gosh. Junior narrating, thinking, uh, I wonder if he's got change for a 20. Ben's over there wondering, like, what? It's taking him so long. I only gave him a dollar. So he puts Junior into bed. Just think about what you've done and what you're going to do, and I hope that you've learned your lesson. So he, he also takes, I don't know what that's supposed to be, but it looks like a rubber snake. There's a toy red gun and then some other things. Oh, Junior's thinking to himself as Ben turns out the light. He's like, what is this guy, nice or something? It's almost like, dang, I think I got off a little too easy. Sent to my bedroom? 
I can do that standing on my head. Ben's Discount Tire. This guy owned this entire town? Because there's also Ben's Discount Tires. So we see um, the Bowtie Killer. He's still driving around. I'm surprised that that car has not been reported stolen. Like, that guy's clearly recovered unless he's dead. That psychiatrist. So the guy is, it looks like he just wants to go and get himself uh, fueled up and uh, get some snacks. You know, so, you know, when you go get gas, sometimes you got to go in there. Like, especially if you're going on a road trip, it's like you got to have snacks. You got to have road trip snacks and drinks. So this guy comes out. I was like, oh, can I help you? And Bowtie Killer says, yeah, fill her up. Oh, so this isn't a self-service station. This is what they pump it for you still? I mean, this is 1990. I don't know, you know, this is small town, cold water, cold river, Illinois. Okay, so this is the first, we see the Diablo Bros Circus, June 23rd to July 15th. Okay, so it looks like, so when we started the movie, it was just about like middle of January. So it looks like at least... Five to six months have passed, so he's been with them for about five to six months. This looks like your typical run-of-the-mill general store. It's not very big. It's got an icy machine. It's got snack cakes. It's got air fresheners. License, you know, um, novelty license plates. I'm sure it probably has a kind of machine in the bathroom. Who knows? Well, apparently he's been out... Of commission for a while because he sees smiley pies and he says, I ain't had a smiley pie in 15 years. We also see Clark bars, milk duds, whoppers, zero bars, smiley pies, which I don't think are a real thing. Switzer air, f oh, the, that's like stuff for your car because there's also tires for sale there because it's part of a discount tire company. They're basically, Smiley Pie is seriously like they took, like, Hostess or Little Debbie snack cakes and just put them in a box. I don't think of, when I thought, ooh, a Smiley Pie, that sounds like something like one of those fruit pie type things or, you know, a chocolate pastry pie. Eating it. I mean, just, I'm going to open this and not, you, clearly I don't think he has any intention of paying for the shit. So he does see a cop car roll up. So he probably figures you gotta get the hell out of there. He is wearing, yeah, that's right. He is wearing the bow tie, and he's wearing this uh, psychiatrist guy's clothes. Yes, a couple cops that roll up on motorcycles. Oh, they are parked near on the other bay of, you know, gas, whatever. I don't know what the hell you call them. Mm. on the tank. What what the hell are they called? I don't know. Bay of Gas Distribute. I don't know. Anyway, so there's is no nobody is in that shop because they would have said, Sir, sir, you have to pay for those smiley pies. Sir, you can't just eat them. You have to pay for them. Oh, we also see a sign from the outside that says, We Fix Flats. There's nobody running that store. Anybody can walk in there and just steal a bunch of candy. And whatever else. I don't see any sodas. Or, I can't believe I said soda. I'm from Michigan, I say pop. Um, <laughs> any drinks or anything. <laughs> Great disguise. 
He takes the har the I I want to say Harlow, but it says Diablo Bros Circus, June twenty third to July fifteenth. So definitely they got their their ba uh it says on the fair midway Thursday through Sunday. It says like two and six and seven. I don't know. Oh, no, it says, okay, it says Thursday through Sunday, 2 and 7 p.m. Because, you know, they got to have a break in there to rest themselves before the evening show. Cops don't even know he's there because they're too busy talking to each other. The pumps, that's what they're called. Why couldn't I think of that? Gas pumps. Ugh. So, pretty much probably figures he's got to ditch the car and find something else. So, he just takes a car that somebody's currently working on the ass end of. And just drives off with it. He's lucky he didn't run over that guy's head. He was underneath the car. He's underneath, just behind the back tire there. That car looks like a shit box. It looks really not great. Any car that's got a different colored door on it, like, covered in rust. Looks like it hasn't been washed in years. Okay, it says Cold River is 50 miles away, so I don't know what town he's in. Okay, so it's Founder's Day. So this is going to be like May or something then. Isn't May take place in Founders? Founders Day takes place in May. So, of course, Big Ben up for mayor. He's got this Little League team that's run by his son. And, of course, he wants to make that announcement for running for mayor and all that. Don't forget to vote for me. I own pretty much all of this town. Maybe it's just a coincidence that that place was Ben's discount tire because it said cold water is 50 miles away. how much does he own more than one town because it feels like maybe he does so he says it's founder's day doesn't really matter who wins or loses just as long as big ben wins for mayor apparently the crowd finds him hilarious because they probably all work for him at one of his many businesses maybe they could all be working at that sporting goods store oh he's got a new they've got a new scoreboard that says vote for big ben and they got a giant cardboard cutout of ben healy big ben healy shit they're tied three to three the kids must have gotten a little better since the last time they played of course, he's got Junior on the team now that he's got a kid of age to play on a baseball team. Like, sure, I'm going to put my kid on the team. I don't care if it's this late in the season. He's on it. He's on the team. Junior doesn't know anything about baseball. He's probably never watched a game in his life. I've never really, the only, seriously, the only baseball I've watched in my life is the Sandlot and Rookie of the Year. I'm not going to say that I've watched. Yeah, that's my sports. My sports kids 90 movies, those are my sports. That's what I learned about sports. <laughs> Hockey, Mighty Ducks movies, uh, basketball, um, I don't know, the Airbud movies. Um, <laughs> soccer, you had the big green. Okay, um, yeah. These kids range in different ages, because we got a kid who looks like he's literally 14 years old, and, you know, he's on Roy's team, and he is pitching up, and the kid, one of the white-blue uniformed kid, you know, of the Braves, Ben's Braves, whatever the heck they are, the kid drops a bat and jumps out of the way as the ball comes near him. What kind of team does he have assembled? If you're scared of the... If you're that scared, you need to not be on the team. 
But you know Ben, a heart of gold, he's not going to cut any of those kids, even if they don't know how to play. Of course, the Chieftains, what's-his-face's, Roy's team, the kids are like, <laughs> All of Roy's kids have major weight problems. Since he probably lets them eat whatever. Uh, you see the Braves kids in their uniforms. It's like, oh my gosh. So, all right, someone's got to go in for Andy. No one volunteered. So it's like, all right, let's go, Junior. You're up, buddy boy. It's like, I don't know anything about baseball. Well, don't worry about it. You learn as you go, basically. <laughs> it really puts Junior on the spot. It's like, okay, buddy, this is it. This is your big moment. It's like, oh, God. Because, yeah, he finally looks at Ben. He's like, who, me? It's like, yeah, of course you, Junior. Come on, I need you to bat. Like, oh, my gosh. Why did you... Oof. I'm like, is this my punishment? <laughs> like, you got, like, eight other kids. Pick one of them. <laughs> get a helmet, pick a bat, and get up there. Uh, we see the one kid, Gary, basically got an arm around the other kid that, like, fell down. Because he was too scared to hit the ball. And it's like, yeah, I don't know anything about baseball. He's still wearing the bow tie. It's like, well, now's as good a time as any to learn. Well, whatever. I mean, you guys are probably going to lose anyway, so <laughs> just throw him in there, I guess. Not going to make a difference to, uh, he's not going to make a difference. He is so worried about disappointing Ben. Like, what happens? Up? It's like, and Ben's like, hey, buddy, it doesn't matter, okay? Nothing, don't worry about any of that. The important thing is that you stand up there and you take your dues. You take your cuts. Basically, just get up there and show face. That's all you're doing. Just swing the bat and you'll be fine. If you hit it, great. If you don't, no big deal. He tells Junior, like, look, I'll be proud of you no matter what you do, all right? And Big Ben is like, what the hell are you doing putting that kid in there? Are you nuts? Yeah, and he says, well, I'm, are you nuts putting that little monster in there? I'm running a campaign. I have to look good, dude. No. Just, ugh. <sighs> Apparently Flo's got to be there for support, too. We've never seen her at a game. So this has got to be one of Roy's dickheaded kids. It's like, nice little tie there. And he calls him Moose Breath. He says, bitch, you sell a lot of Girl Scout cookies wearing that. I would be like, do you want this bat up your ass? Because I would gladly shove it up there for you if you keep talking to me. Roy, of course, is right there hearing that shit. He ain't gonna tell that kid to knock it off. Yeah, and even Roy's like, oh, he's cute, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, he does strike and miss on the first hit, which it is what it is. And here, Big Ben's like, you know, if that kid wasn't adopted, I swear it was your real son because you suck in sports as well. Ben just takes that shit, and I hate it that he does that. Is he gonna get some balls and finally stick up for himself? So, of course, here's the catcher who's like, Who are you, sweetie pie? You weren't on the team the last time we beat you. So, Junior doesn't even call Ben his dad. He says, The guy I'm staying with is the coach. This is gonna be one of Roy's kids. It's like, dude! He's like, oh, you mean that big dork who buys everyone ice cream? And Junior's like, he is not a dork. I'd be like, you are lucky you were wearing that mask on your face, because I am about ready to light you up, your face up with this best baseball bat, man. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, are these the businessmen that are going to be buying um, Big Ben's store? Because they're there too. So, of course, the guy pitches again. And <laughs> I love how <laughs> Junior just takes the bat, swings it, just lets the bat go. Let's it go. He chucks that bat. It goes flying. Right into the windshield of Big Ben's car. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> ben jumps in there and kind of gives him a quarter. Like, what? Well, they shake it off? Not a big deal, right? So, just... Hold on to the bat. Just just hold on to the bat, alright? Just just do that. Just don't let it go. Just have a firm grip on it. And Junior takes these words to heart. Hmm, hold on to the bat. I gotcha. Yeah, hold on to the bat. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a good idea. Hold on to the bat. And then of course here we go with the catcher like son of dork. Son of dork. Everyone starts chanting it. Ugh. Even the kids that are not even on the field are chanting Son of Dork. This feels like the lard ass, lard ass from St Stand By Me, all the kids in the stands. And the adults, even the adults were going, lard ass, lard, you know, that kind of thing. Oh my gosh. You know Roy isn't going to tell the kids to shut up. Smiling and chuckling like he don't give a hell. He's like, we're going to beat these guys, I don't care what the hell they call them. Keep going, guys. You're doing great. Are you that Ben is not hearing the kids all chant, Son of Dork! Son of Dork! Exactly. Junior is zeroed in on that ball as he watches it come to him, and he hits it. Like, drop the bat! Drop the bat! <laughs> so he goes to, I think it's first base, and sees the ball being thrown by one of the other team, and he goes and he ends up hitting the ball which hits the pitcher, I think, in the chest. Of course, one of Roy's kids pushes Junior and says, Hey, you can't do that. And Junior just takes that bat to him. We don't see what happens, but you can see he probably messes them up pretty good. No, you just see the uh, people in the stands go, Whoa, just, oh, ow. <laughs> and Ben is like screaming, Drop the bat, Junior. Do see as Junior is running, we see the kid dropping over the one he just maimed with that bat. Screaming, Junior, are you nuts? <laughs> yeah, as he's hitting, the camera cuts away, you just see the ball and the glove and the hat just fly into the air. And just people just bracing like, whoa, oh, even, even Ben is wincing. We see bodies like on the ground. <laughs> They're running off the field now, trying to get away from him. They're that scared. Grown men are running to get away from him. Oh, yeah, the catcher, as Junior's running at him, says, Come on, you little dork, I got something for you. Junior slides between the kid's legs, the top of the bat, and right at that kid's crotch. And just, <clears throat> yeah, whatever protective thing he was holding, having there, like, mm-mm, like, nope. And then, I think Bad to the Bone starts playing again. Or at least the beginning of it. Jumping down, going, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Dancing in a circle. I think 
adults are like gripping the fence in fear. And you just see Roy with a hand to his face, like, what in the what? It's almost like a missile or something just is aimed at Ben. And he just comes to the realization, we've, abdo we've ab adopted Satan. No, you haven't, but this kid clearly does have some issues that, uh, from previous people that have taken him in, and he's lashing out. But the thing is, if you think about it, he was defending Ben to those brats that were saying, oh, your dad's a dork. He's a dork that buys everyone ice cream. Your dad's a loser. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like, I did this for you. Do you not hear them chanting, son of dork? Yeah. So we see them in a church as he's carrying in Junior. What is he thinking? The priest is going to give him an exorcism? <laughs> he's not possessed. And Ben is just, he's had it. He's done. He says, we've done everything we can for you. Now you wait right here. I'm going to get the priest. What does... <laughs> gonna do he does not need an exorcism he's not possessed by a demon or satan oh he yeah flo sits with junior in a pew i don't know what is mass starting what's going on oh here's the kid with the canteen he's the one that you got and ben is just so angry it's like blow it out your ass because the kid's like me and my dad had a great time camping sir thank you so much for that canteen with a compass on it and Ben's like, blow it out your ass, blow it out your ass, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, <laughs> this kid is just following Ben, like, hello, Mr. Healy, you remember me? You sold me a canteen. You sold me a canteen. And Ben cannot roll his eyes hard enough, like, yeah, that guy's got a perfect kid. And mine's like, <laughs> a little devil boy. Boy, did we have a great camping trip. Yeah, the kid keeps going on like, dude, do you not see this guy does not give a shit? He's like, I got three fish. My dad was really proud. Yeah, he's like, blow it out your ass. I'm surprised he didn't stop, turn around and say, hey, look at this face. Does this face look like it gives a shit? Because it doesn't. It just walked away. <laughs> of course, nuns walk down the aisle and Junior uses that as his chance to zip out of there. She yells at Junior, get back here, you little heathen. But Junior decides to go hide in a confessional, which is where Ben decides to go to confession to confess how he feels about Junior. And he, he even says, like, I failed him, Father. I just, I've tried everything to get through to him, and I just, it's not sinking in. And to the point where he says, I think the only the last thing that we can do, the best thing we can do for him is send him back. And Junior, hearing this, after Ben walks up, says, no, no, you don't want to do that. That's the worst thing you could do. It's like, buddy, what choice are you giving them? They've tried, he's tried everything. He's been nice to you and all of this. But again, Junior has trust issues. Maybe some of those other people that took him in were nice too at first. And then their true intentions were revealed. He's not going to trust anybody, regardless of how nice. He, it's almost like he's he's almost waiting for that other shoe to drop. It's like it's just a matter of time before, you know, you send me back because everyone else has.
for Junior. He really, really did. He really, really tried. And Junior just kept pushing him away and just... You actually, I do. I do feel for Junior there because it looks like he is starting to cry. Oh, man. You... Ooh. The way that Ben comes in there slamming that door into Peabody's office with Flo there... They basically just left Junior in the car. Like, we'll just leave you here for a minute. Like, come on. Oh, Peabody's on the phone. And I don't know what it... It might be the adoption agreements that Ben throws onto the table and says, He's all yours. Actually remembers their names and says, Ben Flo, can we discuss it? So I take it they didn't even call him. They just, like, we're just going down there. We're just going to take him down there. And Flo says, there is nothing to discuss. I feel like you lied to us. You told this kid is perfect, but there are underlying issues here that you did not uh, make us aware of. Yeah, Ben tells him, we're signing him back over to you right now. I'm surprised that they're like, here he is, we're leaving. So now Mr. Peabody screams back at them, bad parents make bad children. Well, here comes Flo saying, oh, so now I'm a bad parent just because I hate my kid? <laughs> and even, yeah, Ben starts going in on, um, <laughs> he says, there's something very, very strange about that boy, and you're not going to pawn, pawn him off on us, which is basically what Mr. Peabody did. Yeah, it pretty much, Peabody washes his hands of the whole thing. Hey, you took him. He's yours. And, and Ben's like, that's because you conned us into him. You guys were so ready to unload him. Like, they didn't see that celebration with the balloons and the confetti in the back, in the rearview mirrors they were pulling away from the orphanage. Yeah. Even Peabody don't know what to do with Junior. He's like, what am I supposed to do with a little creep? He's already been returned 30 times. Like, whoa, and that is like, whoa, 30 times? The kid's only seven. Does that mean that's been 30 times he's been returned to the orphanage? This kid clearly came to them with no paperwork, nothing about when his birthday is, anything about any past history of the homes that he had been in, none of that. And Flo says, well, this makes 31, Charlie. So, <laughs> this is just... Mr. Peabody's like, okay, Mr. and Mrs., we don't care about brown hair and brown eyes. We just want to take him into our home and let him play with our disgusting cat. So this finally dawns on Ben. It's like, wait, 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 stop. What are we talking about here? Thir 30 times he's been returned? 30 times? No one ever once thought to do a psych evaluation on Junior with his behavior to kind of see what is going on. Because there's clearly something going on. This boy does have, you know, issues that need to be addressed. Abandonment issues, clearly. Trust issues, most definitely. Adjustment issues, yes. Because every adult he's come in contact with has abandoned him and let him down. So he doesn't know who to trust, no matter how nice they are. He finally finds someone who unbelievably does believe in him and cares for him and even loves him. 
But even that he doesn't know what to make of. He's never had that before. And he's like, Flo, do you believe 30 times? My God. And he even says, my God, this is a human being we are talking about. This isn't a, a, an animal who's been taken out of the, you know, animal shelter and returned umpteen times for whatever reason. Flo turns on Ben and says, don't you give me that crap. That kid's a monster. It's like, no, I wouldn't say he's a monster. He does have issues that need to be evaluated get excuse me getting to the root of the problem of what exactly is going on the orphanage was not an environment for that child none of the homes he had been in prior to coming to that orphanage were good environments for him to grow up in so the reason he has what's going on with him his trust issues abandonment issues adjustment all of that stuff is Everything that's culminated up until they took him home. And Ben tries to explain it to her. Flo, don't you see? We're doing exactly what everyone else has done to this child. And Ben says, it's easy to give up on a child. And Flo says, damn straight it is. And Ben says, but isn't that what's wrong with the world today? Well, in 1990, probably. In 2022, most definitely. Yes. Everyone's looking for the easy way. And, you know, I honestly don't think in 30 plus years that that has changed either, either, either at all. People are still looking for the easy way out in so many things. It just feels like something, you know, no one really wants to put the work into anything anymore because they're in too much of a hurry for, you know, the outcome. This continues with his speech of they're just hoping that their problems will just go away. But problems don't just go, Flo, you know? So, it's so funny because he ends up, this next line, he ends up saying the, the line, the title of the movie. So the question before us is, what are we going to do with our little problem child? I honestly feel like, yes, he does have to be, he should be evaluated. I really think that they need to all go to a family counselor and just him being evaluated and seeing getting to the bottom of what is going on I, I i just really feel like yes under that orphanage probably doesn't have a family counselor or someone that is going to evaluate children as they come into the orphanage to find out their backstory where they grew their you know all of that stuff because you know, people that do adopt, they do want to learn about, you know, the, mm, excuse me, the children that they're adopting and everything like that. And the backstory of how they came to, to be there and everything. So that way, if there are, you know, issues or something going on, they can help them work through them or make adjustments to help the child, you know, adjusting to new situations and all that good stuff. So Ben has now taken it. He's like, no, we're not taking him back. We're not giving him back. We're going to do something that no one else in this boy's seven years on this earth has ever done for him before. We're going to take him home. We are going to love him. She said, yeah, Ben tells Flo, like, we're going to love him, Flo. Oh, yes, we're going to love him when he's bad. We're going to love him even more when he's good. We're going to love him even harder when he's worse. We're going to love him so hard that one day he's going to crack and think, hey, these folks really do love me. 
He's just kind of trying to put himself in the junior's, you know, shoes. Just thinking that junior's gonna think, oh yeah, they really do love me. They ain't gonna quit on me. I don't have to be bad anymore. Ben has gone a little off the deep end here. He's like, what the hey? I can be president of the United States. Can I call you back in five minutes? All yours. Ben, Blow, can we discuss this? There is nothing to discuss. We're signing him back over to you right now. Bad parents make bad children. Oh, so now I'm a bad parent just because I hate my kids. There's something very, very strange about that boy. You took him, he's yours. That's because you condescend to him. What am I supposed to do with the little creep? He's already been returned 30 times. Well, this makes 31, Charlie. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. We don't care about brown hair and brown eyes. We just want to take him into our home and let him play with our disgusting cat. Hold on, hold on, stop, stop, wait. What, what are we talking about? 30, 30 times? Flo, did you hear that? He's been returned my God, this is a human being we're talking about. Don't you give me that human being crap. That kid's a monster. Well, don't you see? We're doing what everybody else has done to this child. I mean, it's easy to give up on a kid. Damn straight it is. But isn't that what's wrong with the world today? I mean, everybody's looking for the easy way out. They're, 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 they're hoping that their problems will just go away. But problems don't just go, Flo, you know? So the question before us is, what are we going to do with our little problem child? <laughs> I'll tell you what we're going to do. Something that no one's ever done for him, ever before. <laughs> we're going to love him, Flo. Oh, yes. We're going to love him when he's bad. We're going to love him even harder when he's worse. Until one day, he's going <coughs> to crack and say, Hey, these folks really do love me. They ain't going to quit on me. I don't have to be bad anymore. What the heck? I can be president of the United States! You know what's funny is that both Flo and Ben are wearing blue. It just seems like the color blue is just so represented. Red and blue and white. And the thing, I honestly feel this may that may have been Gilbert Godfrey's last scene in this whole movie. As Ben and Flo are walking out to the car, Flo is just on Ben like, President of the United States? Are you brain dead? Are you brain damaged? Yeah, she says Junior's going to be a convict before he's in third grade. Well, clearly Junior has been crying, it looks like. He's got his, you know, he's sitting in the driver's seat. He's got his head resting on his arms, which are resting on the top of the wheel of the of the steering wheel. And she's he's looking. Like, Junior, son, are you look? Just open the door, man. Junior, unlock the door. Yeah, he's crying. He said, "You said you were gonna keep me forever." It's just, it's just, uh, it's just, it's heartbreaking hearing him cry like that because. It seems like he has never admitted that kind of, well, we don't know prior to his time with the Heelys and at the orphanage and everything like that. Wait, it looks like he's dressed like a Boy Scout. And, and Ben says, I am, I'm sorry, I just, I made a mistake. And he says, towards it, Junior probably has heard for many times as he says, trust me, we're not taking we're not gonna take you back to the orphanage and junior is just angry i don't believe you and of course they left the keys in the car because they're dopes 
Why would you leave the keys in the car with a seven-year-old who can easily lock the doors? Yeah, he is so angry. He says, I don't believe you. You only pretended to be my friend. You're just like all the others. And <laughs> Ben is trying to open the locked doors. Like, Junior, now come on, son. And, of course, that's where Junior starts the car up. Junior, of course, sl I don't know if that seat is pushed all the way up. It probably isn't because he has slid down to the floor and he's got his hands on the steering, the bottom of the steering wheel and his feet are down by the accelerator and the brake. And Flo is just like, you moron, you left the keys in the car. And Ben still is like, oh, wow, you can drive? Boy, that's great. He's, like, trying to play it off. Like, huh? Like, dude. Ugh. Get out of the United States. Are you crazy? How much Junior's going to be a convict before he's in third grade? Junior. <coughs> Son. Junior, unlock the door. I'm sorry, I, I just made a mistake. Trust me, we're not going to take you back to the orphanage. I don't believe you. You only pretended to be my friend. You're just like all the others. Junior? Now, now come on, son. playing the Born to be Wild song. It's not even a road that you can drive on. And Junior can't even see because he's down by the pedals and not looking out through the windshield. This kid's going to get himself killed. He's driving because Ben's now on the hood of the car <laughs> because someone's going to drive because now he's like driving in the up basically into direct into oncoming traffic. This basically just a one-way road that is just has traffic going right. Like, oh my gosh, he's going to get them killed. <laughs> so, Junior pops the hood, and which sends... I don't think this would happen. I don't think a hood... When you pop the hood, it's still latched. You have to go to the front of the car to, like, unlatch it. Just because you put... Pull the pop the hood thing. It means it might pop it up a little, but it's still latched, probably for reasons like this. Because here, Junior pulls that thing, and then it pops the hood, and then sends Ben onto the top of the car. I see it while he was going in the right, you know, traffic going the right way. Now he's in a parking lot of Big Ben's store. Oh, boy. Oh, it says Pigeon Furniture, Carpet, Appliance, Satellites, and Televisions. This looks like a grocery store because somebody in the parking lot has a grocery cart with a Pepsi cooler. Oh, this is Big He is headed right for Big Ben's... Yeah, he's headed for... <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is so dangerous. He is going too fast in this parking lot. How he's not killing people, I'll never know. Yeah, he goes right through that window. 
of Big Ben's sporting goods and how because Ben is on top of the roof of the car as Junior is driving because Junior can't see where he's going and Ben like puts an arm over his eyes to brace himself as they're they're going through the front glass of that store. Luckily, nobody, well, was right in front of that window, but you see employees, like, ducking out of the way. And customers ducking out of the way from getting run over by this car. And the car stops as it hits this ginormous glass encased filled with tennis balls. For safety's sake, there is... <laughs> uh, a dummy on the top of the car that is not John Ritter. <laughs> they would not do the head to him. I mean, there's also, I don't know what was holding up this display of tennis balls other than like plexiglass and whatever those big yellow round things are that say pen, you know, the brand for the tennis balls. How they're not crushing the front of the car. How Junior isn't injured at all. Because he's down by, you know, he's down on the floor of the the driver's seat there, you know, with the pedals. If they only had one vehicle to get to where they needed to go, that they now no longer have a vehicle to go anywhere. So I guess he doesn't bother to go, well, we don't see because it cuts from the scene. It goes to... Ben reading The Exorcist, and Flo is on the couch with a cold compress on her forehead. How the hell do they even get home? Oh, Ben is going to be in so much pain because you hear him groan as he reaches behind him, behind the couch, to get the phone that's ringing that's on the little side, that's by the desk there. Yeah, even he's like, hello. So, Jim O'Connor, probably at the bank, is calling Ben and asking Ben, are you sitting down? So clearly he's got some bad news. And Ben says, yes. And Jim says, bad news, Ben. Your father cleaned out your bank account to pay for the damage to his store. How in the hell does his father have access to his bank? Well, it's really because that's what he puts his paycheck into. So of course he's going to have his bank information. Holy shit. That is not good. And Jim keeps continuing. Look, I know nothing can make up for the loss of your life savings, but if we... And then Ben just hangs up the phone. He just drops the phone. And Jim's like, Ben? Ben? So, yeah, we, we're in Junior's room, and he's got the vote for Big Ben sign that he's got Big Ben with a... I don't know what that's supposed to be, like a goatee or something like that, and blacked out eyes. And then he's got Flo's picture from, I don't know where, it's not the big one that's, you know, uh, above the fireplace, but a smaller one where she's also wearing leopard print, and just, he, he's, it's like he's using like a black marker or a Sharpie or something, and just uh, <laughs> making it look like she's got like long red nails and just... A mustache and all that on this picture. So Junior is sleeping and Ben has got a home sweet home pillow that he looks like he's going to take to smother Junior to death. And Junior opens his eyes from the nap he's taken 
And he's thinking, oh no, he's lost it now. And yeah, he keeps, Ben's lowering the home sweet home pillow to Junior's face. Luckily, a vehicle approaches that saves Junior's life as the doorbell rings. He sees that the bow tie killer has found him, found his address. He's like, oh, right! And then he runs out of the room. Pushes past Flo and says, this is private business. Hi! What in the hell happened to this house? Why is there no glass in the in the front door? So, yeah, Junior says hi to the bowtie killer, and the bowtie killer is like, get out of my way, kid. I'm looking for JR. And of course, to the bowtie killer's surprise, that's me, Junior! So, the bowtie killer grabs Junior under his arms, picks him, lifts him up, and says, I don't have time for this crap kid. The guy I'm looking for is as mean as a rattlesnake. He says the guy I'm looking for is an ex-con and he's as mean as a rattlesnake. And Junior says, that's me, dummy. I sent you all those letters. Oh, of course the bowtie killer cannot accept that. He says, man, I drove a thousand miles to hang out with a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he says, I'm going to be eight in two weeks. And the bowtie killer says, don't count on it. Here come Flo and Ben. And Junior introduces Ben and Flo as he calls them, you know, Mr. Healy and Mrs. Healy to his uncle. What did he say? Uncle Morty? He says, I'd like you to meet the greatest guy in the whole wide world. Uh, uh, Martin, uh... Uncle Mar Marty. <laughs> he probably figures that they probably might know that the guy's actual name, Martin, whatever the hell his last name is. He just calls him Uncle Marty. So Junior, like, takes the guy on a tour of, like, the living room. So he's passing through the, into the kitchen, saying, that's a $3,000 stereo system and the console TV. Console TV. Kids might not know what a console TV is, but back in the day... Those usually were encased in wood, and you had to get up to turn the channel or adjust the volume. Yeah. So Flo jumps on that, like, let's get Junior, like, back with this uncle so we can get him out of our lives. She's like, how wonderful an uncle you absolutely must stay the night. Yeah, she just puts on this happy wife, like, it is so wonderful to meet the uncle of our darling little Junior. <coughs> So she pretty much tells Ben, we gotta treat this guy like royalty and make him think that Junior is an angel so he'll take this brat off our hands. Can't let him leave without taking this little brat with him. Ben is like catatonic. He is in a state of something because he's just, he's still holding that damn pillow. Well, his life savings has been drained. His bank account is non-existent at this point. Flo even dolls herself up in exactly what she was wearing at that birthday party. Guy clearly hasn't eaten a meal in a very long time because he just is not even listening to Flo flabber on about how great Junior is because he's just stuffing his face. Yeah, for pocket money, he helps some of the older residents with their groceries. Bullshit. <laughs> she even tries to include Ben in this conversation where he's like, bleh, 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 bleh. Yeah, he is... Yeah. Yeah, she pretty much thinks, like, Uncle Mar Uncle Marty is a blood relative. 
Yeah, like, if only he had a blood relative taking care of him. And she asks if he wants more meatloaf, and he is looking at Flo like he wants to just bang the hell out of her. Because we'll find out he hasn't been with a woman in years upon years upon years. Have beer for him, too. And Junior is thinking, this guy is just so appealing. What, because he wears a bow tie? This guy, you don't know anything about this guy. Other than he's been in jail. Prison. He's killed people. Does this kid not know that? This guy is a murderer. And he says, I'll give you a hand. Good falling from his mouth as he gets up. Ew. Oh yeah, she keeps going on about Junior cleaning and tidying up around the house. And perfect for a single man living alone. Ask him if he is a bachelor. Because he's like hiding behind the fridge there. Just, oh my gosh. Says, I ain't been with a woman in 15 years. And she says, well, women just love single male, male parents. We'll find that out in the sequel. <laughs> yeah. When they move to the divorce, when Ben and Junior in the sequel move to the divorce capital of the world, like the single women's capital of the world or something. She says, if you had a kid like Junior, the women would be flocking over you. He jumps her bones, just jumps in and kisses her. Of course, that's, Hearing that he hasn't been with a woman in 15 years, like, he is clear, she's, she is raring to go. Like, she is about ready to get down in that kitchen with this man who is, she doesn't know anything about this man. She doesn't know that he's an, he's a murderer. He's murdered 34 people. So, he thinks he's pretty much gotten a little more than he bargained for, because she's now jumping his bones. He's like, wait, and she, like, tackles him to the floor, like, dang. And Ben is just still sitting there in that chair in the dining room, catatonic, hearing pots and pans and whatever, all this racket in the kitchen. Marty, we hear, because they have the subtitles on, Marty says, stop it, and he screams. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she is, like, too much woman, woman for him. He's still carrying, next morning, he's still carrying the pillow, with a book or something, and he's wearing pajamas. It's the next morning. Marty wrote on the wall, if you ever want to see your wife and kid again, it's going to cost $100,000, Uncle Marty. And he opened, okay, that was a paper. He opens it to Bowtie Killer Manhunt. <laughs> and there is a picture of Marty with the bowtie. There's also a heading underneath that that says, Baby Girl Missing After Wild Family Picnic. Alright, so let's go to Marty Jr. and Flo, who is tied up in the backseat. So, Jr. brought a bunch of stuff for their trip, like his ammo. Yeah, he's got a suitcase, guns, hand grenades, and even dynamite. Where is he getting guns from? And hand grenades? Did he steal them from the sporting goods store? Those guns look real. The dynamite, well, I don't know where the hell he got that from. Plenty of uh, smiley pie boxes, though. <laughs> I had to ask, what is someone, someone whoever wrote on the movie or had anything to do with this movie has an obsession with clowns. We got the smiley pies. We got that bedroom that looks like a clown, like, jerked off in there. Um, there is, and, and then there's a circus at the end of the, what, who on this movie 
who worked on it, wrote on it, whatever, somebody has got a fascination with clowns. A very disturbing fascination with clowns. Oh, and he's looking at these things saying that, oh, these are toys. Oh, so they're not real. And he's getting angry with Junior saying, what are you jerking me around for? This is kitty stuff. Throws it out the driver's side window. And Junior is like, hey, what'd you do that for? Don't we need supplies? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just get too much. I watched so much Seinfeld over the years. I just, I, I see Kramer. That's all I see here with this bowtie killer, Martin, whatever the hell his name is. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm not working with you. I work alone. Junior, this is a surprise to Junior. He's like, but I thought we were going to be partners. I thought you liked me. And he says, hey, I don't like no one. I work alone. So, yeah, Junior is kind of in over his head here. Like, buddy, you didn't know anything about this man you're writing to. We go back to Ben. He's like, goodbye, Junior. Goodbye, Flo. Oh, I am so sad to see you go. He's not. He's happy. His bitch wife that was nagging him all the time. This kid that he doesn't have to try to help because it ain't working, apparently. Yeah, he even looks at the papers as $100,000. Ha! You can keep them. I don't want them. Yeah, Ben is thrilled to be rid of them. So, Flo in the backseat spits out the uh, gag in her mouth because she's been tied up. She's like, I thought this was supposed to be our honeymoon. Yeah, she's like screaming at him like, you said you loved me. You called me your little kumquat. Yeah, or whatever. Was that before or after he came? Because <laughs> I'm sure he would say anything. He screams at her, this is our honeymoon, you moron. So it's okay if she calls Ben a moron, but if someone calls her a moron. She starts spouting off where she went to college, Radcliffe. I've got some uneducated bimbo you can tie up and do whatever you want with. No, he ends up putting her in a suitcase. This is creepy. Yeah, because he's yelling at her, you shut up. I will not shut up. And then he puts her in a suitcase. That must have been her suitcase, because there's, like, women's clothes on the floor. And he, oh my god, this is turning into a horror film. Like, a thriller. He put her in a suitcase, and now he's putting the suitcase in the trunk. How in the hell is she fitting in that suitcase? This is creepy. Well, and you know, clearly, this is, the actress is just doing ADR at this point. <laughs> He's not in there. He's basically saying, if you don't let me out of this trunk and out of the suitcase, I'm going to be ripping your dick and balls off. Because you'll be singing falsetto. Okay, so now we're jumping back. This is such... <laughs> uh, the, this is just a throwback to The Shining here as Ben comes up to Junior's room that's got like a a hole in the door. He says, here's daddy. Does he have his own bathroom too? Oh my gosh, I'd never noticed that before. Here's daddy. <laughs> Goodbye, Junior. <laughs> Adios. I love <laughs> 
Ben. That's a pretty picture of Ben. Oh, the sun and oh, the hardened prone. <coughs> he liked me. All this time, he actually liked me. I'm trying to see what the heck this is. That isn't. Oh, that's got to be the bottom of the TV. Okay, that's what that is. But yeah, he pulls out a picture of a three headed dragon, which says Big Ben. And then there's a picture of Flo, which is just a lady with a large, rounded, open mouth. And then he pulls out the picture, this beautiful, sweet picture he drew of Ben. There's a son. There's Ben wearing a red shirt with brown hair and a smile on his face. And that's when it dawns. Yeah, and then he sees the prune in Junior's desk. And he sits on the edge of Junior's bed, realizing he got through to Junior. That Junior really liked him. That's why Junior was so upset when he said, I thought you really liked me, you know? But you're just like all the others. And that's why, yeah, he just, like, figure well, he's not. He's like all the others, apparently, and just... So now, Ben pretty much sees it as, I gotta get them, well, he's at least gotta get Junior back, he don't give a shit about Because he goes to his father, which, that is the last person, your dad cleaned out your bank account, you think he's gonna give you $100,000 to help you get your wife and kid back? And why would you want your wife back? She was a bitch to you. Oh, I'd say good riddance, keep the wife, but give me my kid back. Oh, they did have two. That's right. They did have two cars because one's a station wagon. Okay, so I don't know why I thought they only had the red car. But no, because they also got the station wagon. First, as Ben is just charging into that store, we got like a campaign manager who tells Ben, you can't go in. Your father's making a television appearance for his campaign. But yeah, he, he goes in. You know, his dad is surrounded by cameras getting ready to go on air as he says, what the hell are you doing here? I'm about to go on the air. So Ben is pleading with him. Florence and Junior have been kidnapped. And of course the camera guy is like five minutes, Mr. Healy, until we go live. <coughs> kidnapped. Five minutes, Mr. Healy. All right, all right. I need $100,000. Uh, a straight face, mind you. He says, I need $100,000. Yeah, he's honest with Ben. He says, are you insane? That kid is a monster and your wife is a pain in the ass. Like, you think I'm giving you $100,000? Hell no. He just said your wife is the original pain in the ass. And he even tells Ben, this is the best damn thing that could happen to you. And Ben just, <laughs> he, he's so surprised that his dad is, dude, your dad has been garbage to you your whole life. Why do you think now that this man cleaned out your bank account to pay for the damage to his store? He's like, oh, are you going to lend me the money or not? It's like, hell no, I'm not going to lend it to you. Are you nuts? Yeah, he says, no, I'm not going to lend it to you. You work for me, remember? Yeah, he says, I know what you get. You're damn credit risk. I ain't going to risk that. So, of course, this, and this doesn't phase Big Ben at all. He says, okay, then, I quit as your son. And his dad's friend was like, fine, get the hell out of here. I don't care. Yeah, he says, all right, just get the hell out of here. I got a goddamn com campaign to win. And Ben's like, oh, your campaign, the one thing you do care about. 
<laughs> and Ben says, hey, Dad, why don't you go ahead and tell the voters what you really plan on doing with this town? And Ben flips, like, turns, like, whether the camera on live. So that way, <laughs> yeah. So as the newscaster is uh, talking about an overturned 18-wheeler, she said, well, I guess we're ready with that live feed for uh, Big Ben Healy <laughs> for mayor. Says he doesn't give a rat's ass about the voters. He just cares about the power and the power to get him the money. Saying how I'm a success and you're not. He's basically talking to Ben, not knowing that the camera... Oh, by the way, and this thing is also playing in a bar. We guys got people looking at like, oh, hell no, I'm not voting that for that asshole. Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. He keeps going, yeah, in, in this bar, the TV's playing, He, as Big Ben says, America for the Americans. If you believe that nonsense, you're stupider than I thought. And he says, I'd sell my soul to the Japanese if they'd make me an offer. Everybody in that bar is looking, especially these three guys that look like they want to, like, break Big Ben's face and the rest of him. And, yeah, again, he's still clearly talking to Ben. And as for you, don't come sucking around me if you want something. The only thing you get for me is this. His ass? <laughs> what is this? He is mooning the camera that is his ass on the television. Oh, my God. You can't go in. Your father's making a television appearance for his campaign. Ugh, who gives a shit? the phone ringing grabs it it's the bow tie killer at the payphone asks him if he's got the money ben's like yeah i got the money and it's like good i'll be at the circus meet me at the tiger cage bring the money like every time i pause the movie one of the characters i pause it on the character's face and it's just like really weird so he goes across the street to roy says roy i need to borrow your car and Roy says, forget about it, Chester, we're going hunting. And Ben says, so am I. Hey, this is the car he takes in the sequel, I think. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, he's like, you can't borrow it, okay? We're all packed up and ready to go. So, yeah, he Ben jumps in the car, drives off, then backs up, because like, Roy's like, oh, the joke's over, okay, okay. And... Ben backs up just so he can take off 
Roy's best dad hat and puts it on his own head. Yes! Ben is finally taking a stand. I'm not going to take this shit no more from nobody. I love how he's driving over people's front lawns. It's amazing. Diablo blows. <laughs> I, I almost said Diablo blows. Diablo bros circus. And, of course, Junior's excited, like, sir, I've never been to the circus before. Don't know what a swizzle dog is. Maybe some type of corn dog or uh, hot dog or something. And, of course, the bowtie killer's like, well, yeah, well, I hate circuses. I'm like, then why are we here? He says, they're worse than a bunch of clowns trying to make you laugh. <laughs> so, Ben drives through the midway with Roy's car. We see Junior and the bowtie killer walking around. This clown who's got a... Balloon giraffe says, look, a giraffe. And the bowtie killer says, look, a fist, and punches him right in the face. So, of course, wherever the heck he parked the car, Flo is screaming for help. Like, I can hear you out there. Get help. And then this dog, adorable white dog with black spots, runs off, gets some other dogs, a Weimaraner, a Golden Retriever, uh... A papillion maybe um a tall black dog and a labrador and they're all sitting there the panting <laughs> and she's like i can hear you breathing so they're walking past the elephants and junior says hey martin let's go see the bearded lady and he says no seen too many of them in prison you and he tells junior he actually threatens junior and says now stop bugging me or you're gonna get hurt so, Ben shows up and asks, what did you say, you bow-tied freak? Nobody hurts my boy. Now let him go. So, <laughs> the bow-tied killer picks Junior up, and he, the way he calls Ben Big Daddy, he says, forget it, Big Daddy. I'm running the show here. Okay, we make a switch on the count of three <coughs> to Ben. You release the money, and then I release Junior. Oh, we also see all oh, the tigers in the cage right there. Oh, okay. So Ben tosses the bag of money, and the bowtie killer grabs it, but as Junior goes to run, he pulls Junior back. And, of course, the bowtie killer calls him a sucker, like, sucker. And Ben says, give me the boy. And the bowtie killer says, why? He don't want to go with you. He wants to go with me. And Junior looks scared there. He looks like he's about to cry. It's like he he, he knows he, this guy is not anything but he kind of built him up in his mind to be. So now he wants the kid around. He's like, how about a kid? We'll go on a, a crime spree. We'll eat smiley pies until we burst. We'll terrorize the whole state and we'll eat smiley pies until we drop. And he actually, he actually said, what do you say? And Junior looks at Ben. It's like, I don't think Junior's actually considering. No, he's, he's had enough of this guy. He says, come on, let's have some kicks. And of course, Junior's gonna, he does, he kicks him right in the balls. So the guy's like, I'll tear you apart, you little brat. And Ben punches him right in the face. Three. You toss the money, and I release Junior. Fine. 
Junior to run, and then of course, Bowtie Killer runs after him after he punches out Ben, who grabs what he thinks is a gun, but when he pulls the trigger, it just has a little flag that comes down that says bang on it. So, Junior runs into the ring with uh, these family tumblers, and then of course, we got the Bowtie Killer running after him. So, Junior climbs up this ladder to the trapeze, and he climbs on someone's, it looks like he climbs on someone's back or something that's on the trapeze, and then he kind of gets involved in their act. Of course, Ben is watching all this, just, you know, hand covering his mouth, just afraid for him. Bowtie Killer tries to go after him on the same trapeze bar thing, and Junior, like, releases something on it that releases so he ends up falling to the ground from like many 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 feet in the air lands <laughs> right next to a tiger who roars in his face junior slides down that rope and ben catches him and yeah doesn't he does he calls him dad junior are you okay yeah i'm fine dad you call me dad Yes, I did. So Junior notices the bowtie killer's running off. Like, hey, he's getting away. And Ben says, nobody messes with the Heelys and gets away with it. Come on. Real Wild Child by Iggy Pop comes on. So yeah, he takes off in his car, which has Flo in the trunk still. How she's still alive, I will never understand. So now there's a car chase. Junior narrating, there's nothing like going for an outing with your father. Junior pulls from the back seat Roy's gun. And it's like, no, 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 Junior, that's, pro that's Roy's gun. And that's most likely loaded. So don't mess with that. And Junior says, well, you can't shoot and drive at the same time. So here we go. Junior's going to be behind the wheel again. And, um, while he's manning the brake and accelerator, you know, Ben is calling out, because there's also a sunroof, which is good, uh, so he's kind of telling Junior, go left, go right, speed up, slow down. <clears throat> he actually asked Junior, like, what do we do? And Junior says, I got an idea. <laughs> Junior says, go get him, Dad. And Ben says, faster, son, faster, drive faster. We got to keep up with this car. Yeah, and Junior says, shoot out his tires, Dad. Well, he shot, <laughs> he shot the, uh, the door off the trunk there. <laughs> so, yeah, the... <laughs> Suitcase goes flying onto the roof of Roy's car. And then that's where he finally, Ben realizes that Flo is in. Doesn't bother to help her out or anything. So he's like, Flo? And 
Flo says, Ben, I want a divorce. And Ben just says, shut up, Flo. It's like, I got a rifle in my hands. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm busy here. He is actually starting to blow out the bowtie killer's tires. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, flips the car to the bowtie killer. However, the bowtie killer is able to get out unscathed. I will never know. Because he, he flips the car over. So the hood is on the ground, but then he has Junior slams on the brakes because then the way that the the trunk of the car is up and where the Roy's car, the hood of that car kind of goes just underneath it where the bumper of the Bowtie Killer's car is hitting the windshield of Roy's car. And it's just like, whoa! And that sends the suitcase with Flo in it flying over an overpass onto the back of a pig truck. So Junior and Ben run over as they see the suitcase land in the back of a, a truck with two giant pigs and straw and everything. She goes, no, it's going out. What does that smell? <laughs> and Ben says, well, Flo said, always said she wanted to travel. Officer's guns turns and shoots at Ben, hitting him right in the chest. Like he could have died. Spoiler alert: He does not because there's a sequel. Why are they handcuffing him in the front? Cause he's able to wrestle with a cop and grab his gun. And he's the bowtie killer screams at either Ben or Junior. You little traitor! He thinks that the bowtie killer is going to kill Junior. So of course he jumps right in front of him. This is how I remember when I saw this movie when I was eight years old. Just it was this went dark real fast. Like I did not see. I just thought, okay, great. Then they're just going on with their way. I did not expect this extra scene to like, oh my gosh, she's gonna die. Everything's so great now before I end and now we Ben's been shot. Like my god, how much tour can this poor child take? Come on, He had a big Ben. Oh my gosh, that saved his life. He was his life for that brain. <laughs> he just leaves, doesn't have him check up anything. Of course not. I just want you to be yourself. Some people never learn. Everything happens in slow motion here. Just from John, you know, from John, from Ben saying no. 
know, because he thinks that he's going to kill Junior, shoot Junior with that gun, and then Ben falling, you see him get hit, and he falls, and Junior, just you see in slow-mo his head turning and realizing that his dad's been shot, and just, no! And then he just, he's, he's stand, hovering over Ben and just saying, Daddy, Daddy, please don't go. I promise I won't do anything bad anymore. And he's just like, Daddy, please, Daddy, I love you. And Ben opens his eyes and says, I love you too, son. It's, it's a sweet moment. And then, of course, he sits up and he pulls out that button that said vote for Big Ben that the bullet went through, but it also went through that prune. That prune saved, that hardened prune saved his life. So a cop does come over to check him out, like, hey, are you all right? And Ben holds up the prune with the bullet, and it's like, yeah, he, he got me in the prune. And the guy just, the cop's like, oh, oh, okay. Doesn't say, hey, we got it. We should get an ambulance over here just to check you out. Because we don't know if that, you know, could have done damage even going through the prune if it had bruised anything in his chest. We don't know that, any of that stuff, but he he's basically walking it off. And Junior says, hey, now you're not going to hold me to that stuff I said about being good, are you? And Ben says, no, look, I just want you to be yourself, okay? Just none of this whatever you've been doing before to get attention, all right? I'm going to love you no matter what you, who you are over what you do so as they're walking away junior turns around walks a few paces rips off the bow tie finally and chucks it like this is not who i do not want to follow this example anymore he sees you know his father you know is the example that he wants to follow and Junior hugs Ben and says, some people never learn. Yeah, he's still clutching at his chest there. It's like, you need to go to the emergency room and at least get an x-ray done. Because you don't know if, I mean, that prone took the hit. But you don't know if that bullet could have bruised or grazed. And even though the bullet is inside and it didn't actually pierce the skin, but it's still, that is like a force that is like hitting you. You don't know if, you know something could have been bruised on the inside that could lead to something down the road later going on. Everything's slow-mo in these last few minutes. He chucks the thing and you see it twirl. It's almost like the feather in Forrest Gump as we're watching it twirl around in the sky. And Ben says, come on, buddy, let's go home. And, of course, Junior's thinking, why does this guy love me? Why do parents love any kid? And so maybe it's one of those answers we'll never know. Like, high, how high is up? Why is the sky blue? And whatever happened to Mrs. Healy? We cut to the two guys driving the pig truck. And one of them was like, your pig's making the funny noises. And the guy who's driving says, yeah, he's got stomach issues. Oh, the pig's name is Big Miguel. He's got a bad stomach. You see the suitcase open a little bit as she peeks her head in there or out and sees that she's in the back of a pig truck. Like, what is that noise? The pig's ass is right in front. Oh my, it's going to take a major shit right in her face. <laughs> oh my gosh, is that the pig's balls? <laughs> like, literally, oh, he's farting in her face. Oh my gosh. Ew. And she's just like, oh my god, and she closes the suitcase. <laughs> That's how 
the movie ends, everybody. Now, I, I seriously remember when I watched this at my cousin's. <coughs> this would have been back... This would have been sometime in 1990. Um, maybe 91. Uh, at the end of the movie, there was... Our, at the, v, the VHS rental... Junior had like, wait, wait, hold up a minute, hold up a minute. And he's talking about the sequel. Like, hey, come to the theater next year and see me in my new adventure or something. I remember that. And I'd be like, I was like, what? Wait, sequel? I want to see if they have that on this DVD. Maybe they don't. This is a Beach Boys song? Okay, so this is only on the VHS version. Adds an extra bit just before the closing credits in which Junior interrupts it to tell the audience that he'll be back next summer for Problem Child 2 in 91. Then he disappears from a, and a loud flatulent noise is heard, followed by Ben shouting, Junior! Him laughing, and then the closing credits roll. The VHS version was released on January 31st, 1990. Okay, so then I did see it some point in 1991. Gotcha. All right. I, I knew! I remember! I knew that was on the rental. So, I wanted to kind of go through. There are scenes that were added to, there are deleted scenes that were added to the um, network version of this movie. One, when Ben and Flo get ready to go to church, their mean neighbor Mrs. Perkins tells them that their cat defecated in her tulips and orders Ben to clean it up. Though he objects to it, Flo reminds him that she doesn't want to be excluded from the social parties Mrs. Perkins throws. Two, once at church, Ben confesses to the priest in the pulpit that he and Flo want to have a child. So the minister, okay, so this is how it sets up. The minister tells him that the St. Brutus Orphanage has an adoption service and has recommended him. But Ben tells him that Flo won't accept anyone else's child, causing the priest to disgustedly end their session. Three, an extended dialogue scene at Mr. Peabody's adoption office has him, Ben, and Flo arguing about how their child should... Oh, so that must be what that whole we don't care about brown hair and brown eyes, because I don't remember them saying anything like that <coughs> during the initial meetup. Let's see. Number four, a scene of Junior talking to the mother superior as he is packing. Why can't we get, like, a special, like, DVD version of the movie with these scenes put? These are a lot of scenes that were taken out. Five, during Martin Beck's psychological examination, once the doctor has escorted that word out of the room, he has a flashback about how he thinks he was blamed for a crime that somebody else did and is shown in his prison cell listening to the chaplain's final words to him. As, a, as well as a guard giving Martin a yellow bow tie shaped cake, he is then shown walking to the electric chair but manages to force a word into it. That's creepy. Six, a short dialogue scene has Roy and his family loading up their jeep for the camping trip with Roy telling Ben to hurry up. Okay. Seven. Ben goes to the, out to the porch to tell Junior that he is laying down the law for his bad behavior until he notices a picture Junior painted consisting of Ben knocking out Roy with the frying pan. Junior protests that he is only pretending to be his friend and that no one cares about him but himself. Ben then reminds him that he's not, that he's not alone anymore and that he has got a friend, Ben, to talk to. 
He then gets his foot caught in the paint-filled cake pan as Junior starts laughing hysterically. Eight. A long sequence has Junior terrorizing the milkman and the paperboy with the remote-controlled airplane, with Ben ending up getting the brunt of the abuse. Nine. After Ben looks at the picture Junior made for him, Martin calls Ben and tells him he has a half hour to come up with $100,000 for the ransom as a way to see Junior and Flo again, followed by Martin telling Junior he's not planning to hurt Ben once he arrives with the money. Ten. When my... Oh my, there's like 11 scenes? How long? 10. When Ben raced through the circuits to deliver the ransom money, a little girl asked Mother Superior, who obviously took the children on a field trip there, if that was a man who adopted Junior. When the nun notices Ben pushing and knocking people out of the way, Mother Superior replies, darn, that kid works fast. Why do I feel like I've seen that? That's, that, scene, that scene at least sounds like I've seen it. 11. A scene where the bearded lady tells Martin he called her his little conquest. Okay, now that scene sounds familiar too now. Let's see. The 91 video version is included in a short promo during the vertical, the end title card. The theater version had its horizontal, having Junior peek out of the end part and reminding the viewer not to miss the release of Problem Child 2 and appearing front and center explaining he has to go to a film to film a big scene leading to the director saying action crashing sounds and Ben shouting Junior gotcha oh the version that airs on the hub network is based on the USA ver network version that has a bonus footage added in the movie but makes Several additional edits among these are Big Ben's reference to the Japs and the Hiro, Hirito Corporation are removed and Big Ben's comments to Little Ben about the uh, artificial insemination are edited somewhat through the line about taking a sperm to someone who knows what to do with it is still intact. All right. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed my review of this movie and I look forward to continuing with Problem Child 2 in March. So I hope you all have a great, well, what's left of February, because it is the 24th of February. And we only got, what, four days left? <laughs> all right, everybody. I'll be back in March with Problem Child 2. Enjoy the review. Bye-bye.